quarterback prices are cratering. What does it mean for you and your family? It's ADP Chasing. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> This is why I'm hot. Anita Handjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. <laughs> Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Kadarius Tony? You can't handle the heat. He looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. <laughs> Welcome to ADP Chasing. Uh, Sam Sherman not able to make it this week. But we got Ben Gretsch returning to the show. Guys, how's it going? Oh, I should probably make you guys... Uh, <laughs> give you a little bit more space here on the screen man wins two million dollars stops <laughs> uploading the audio for a podcast and keeps everyone else in the smaller video just so everyone can really see how important he really is <laughs> yeah also yeah, at this you point tweet? at this point we'll just do this how are you guys doing today <laughs> Good. did you tweet this out because i was gonna retweet but i can't even find it i didn't I mean, tweet it out i didn't okay. tweet it out I thought it might be on the ship. Look, we don't even have this tweeted out. No one, no one's here. No one, no one, no one knows we're live, and we've done such a good job, you know, being consistent with this time that everyone, everyone (laughs) knows it's on right now. So, uh, in other words, uh, audio listeners, we're going to do a better job of describing what's on the chart because most of you are probably going to be experiencing this uh, in an audio format. I would imagine. (laughs) Yeah, we're really at the service the audio listeners on this one, or the uh, the replay watchers, YouTube replay watchers. We really appreciate you um shout out shout out the replay watchers the backbone of the the creator gig economy (laughs) we do have some exciting developments in on the on the adp chasing front uh one we have like a a real trend to talk about here with the quarterbacks declining in price significantly by like a full round from where they were at the start of uh the post-draft best ball period but we also have ben gretch traveling to oregon Drafting a ton of teams, got some uh, got some draft reps under his belt, and still uh, working their way under his belt right now. He's on the clock in like five leagues. Yeah, I'm. Uh, before I left, I was talking, you know, with you and Pete. Um, you were telling me, uh, like, I was like, oh yeah, I just wish there was a puppy I could get in a bunch of these like cheap ones, get some reps. And you're like, dude, no, you got to get like the chow chow. You're like telling me all these like higher price ones that I was gonna want to get in. I was like, no, dude, I'm going to want to start slow. It is, it shocked me how quickly my degeneracy kicked in, like having access <laughs> to doing this on my own. It was like really fast. I was like, oh, dude, I, I can see why everyone loves Underdog so much, how easy the app is to use all of it. Like shout out to them, obviously. But I haven't had a chance to do this on my own phone myself. And I mean, it was bad. It was like immediately, like, I was like, I want to do this constantly. I'm already having withdrawals. Like last night I was so mad. After I filled out, I got through and up to date on all my slows. I'm in like 30 slows. Um, I wanted to do a fast. Like I was like, I want to do a fast draft right now. I'm just sitting around and I can't do it right now. And it's really annoying, but it was a perfect time. I was just kind of chilling. Kids yeah. just went to bed. That's uh, so nice. You have that. That is, like- it is. That's when I do most of mine is like that hour before yeah. bed. Yeah, when you're just kind of hanging out, killing time. Like, that's that's the idea. And you want to do one. You're like, I'm actually, like, I feel relaxed. I feel chill. Like, I just want right. to just want to do one draft. Because there's those moments in the afternoon sometimes where I'm like, all right, I'm going to bang out three of these I've, right now. I've <laughs> so been, that's I've what been, I, that's what my I've been five was. tabling. I've been five wow. tabling. Oh, God. Yeah, and and it's all just on the phone. So what do you do when you're five tabling? What are you What are you looking at most of the time? Are you in a draft? Are you back to the... No, no. So the move is... 
the move is very simple. You enter. Uh, normally what I do is I'll do one BBM, four puppies or four poodles or whatever the, the niche thing they have going on at the time is. Um, cause I like to get that good mix of like, you want to always be pumping in BBMs, getting whatever the market is giving right. you at that time, and then still be hammering the snapshot contest. The issue is if you're doing one of the snapshot contests at a time, it's like, I don't know, negative 42 cents of EV, like at a time in a puppy. It's like, it's like, it's just a negative return on your time. So you no, got like, I definitely like multi-tabling the, the snapshot stuff. Um, the lower snake stuff. I'm not going to multi-table the, the chow chows like that, but the, the move um, is you just, you just stay on this screen and you just, you okay. just monitor. But the, the key is the thing that you have to be, uh, this is like, this is like how Peter is the sicko with like always knowing what the app is going to give him. If he lets the clock go to zero, the key is you've got to have absolute lightning fingers with the starring, right? Crane, you and I have talked about this where it's like, okay, I just took, McCaffrey round one. So I got to immediately star every 49er. I got to immediately star every commander and you got to be doing it fast because there's going to be times when you're doing five tables where you're on the clock three at a time and you don't have time to go through and be like, okay, what do I have on this team? I need another mm -hmm. tight end. I need you like, you got to have the, you got to have every correlating player starred fast that, that, yeah. which I think is probably the biggest reason why most people are probably bad at multi-tabling is they're just going to end up drafting a bunch of, uh value hound teams that's really it's really like if you're doing five tables that's yeah. probably what you're gonna you're gonna be like oh uh alexander madison 10 spots after adp come on and then you're like shit that guy correlates with exactly zero of my other players like why did I, I also worry about structure like i have issues with with keeping my structure straight because i'm like on this team like i my brain's slow to like i'm like oh i need i need to be like looking out for a quarterback in this range on this team and then i go to another team and i'm like Oh yeah, I need to be looking out for a quarterback in this range. Like, no, that's the other team. <laughs> like, I, 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 what I, what I what I default to on when I'm doing multi tabling is I default to either elite quarterback or elite tight end. Um, so I just click real quick and I'm like, okay, I have Andrews on this team, two tight ends. So I just ignore. Mm -hmm. I'm not taking another tight end until the last round, right? Or I have Josh Allen on this team. I don't need to be taking Kirk Cousins. I don't need to be taking Geno Smith or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, let's dive yeah. into okay. Matt, what you were saying about the, the like sort of firing off drafts. Like that's, that was my experience over the weekend where I, right when we got down there, I did a draft while we were eating dinner. Cause I was like, yeah, hey, I gotta, I gotta get one in. Did one later that night, but then I was pretty tired from the drive, got to bed. Got up early, did, made sure it like I, I love that. I love the tweets of people screenshotting yeah. 4 a.m. drafts <laughs> with you and them. He wasn't kidding. <laughs> I literally drafted until they woke up, and then as they were waking up, I was doing my last draft, and they you were like, like sleep in. You get you look yeah, so. That's exactly that was exactly right. And then my wife finally got ready and took the girls out, and they're like, all right, well, we'll meet you outside. We'll be walking on the beach, and I was like, all right, I got to finish this last draft and get going. But I was like pressing myself to do it, so I did like three first thing in the morning. The one, I mean, we we're only there one night, and then that's what I was saying. Like, you know, last night when I'm back home, I'm like, this. I want to do a, just a chill draft, like yeah. where I'm not like I want to draft right now. Not like I. This is the window I have to to draft, and yeah. so I have to make myself draft. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, so you're seeing some of this. So let's let's pull up the charts here because we are seeing. Actually, I think maybe let's start with the fallers first because this is kind of the. The big discussion here where we are seeing, so we got Josh Allen falling, uh, Jalen Hurts falling, Kyler Murray falling. <laughs> it just feels like he's catching a stray here. 
Uh, well, just no, no. <laughs> the the Murray thing makes sense because them just outright cutting Hopkins just makes it seem much more likely oh, yeah. that they're they're just punting on the year and that even if he is healthy, he won't play. That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo falling with his uh, injury thing. We'll talk about that a little bit. But Joe Burrow, the other. And I think, you know, the fact that like Burrow's falling, I've talked about this a few different times. Burrow falling now towards the end of the fourth round makes if you draft T, if you draft Jamar Chase, the odds of getting Burrow are now much higher than they used to be. So I just got Burrow me. in a slow 27 spots behind ADP unstacked, but I was I, like, I, I see him. I see him last into the fifth relatively. I got him like at, a, a decent amount of frequency. This was a Jefferson mm-hmm. team. I got him at the six, seven turn, tw- literally 27 spots behind ADP. I got him at six, 12, seven, one, whatever. Wow. And I was like, all right, I guess wow. I'm taking him. Because- so, so I have a, I have a question about that. Honestly, like it feels good in the moment, but like you get that yeah. team to the finals. Like what are like, I know. Do you even feel? Do you even feel good about? I told that? myself like, I'm locking. I'm locking myself into. I look at looked at Boyd's ADP. He's in between my next turn and the. He's you know, in the turn Boyd. After. Boyd and Irv are in such a dead spot of the draft that you can reach 15 spots on them. Yeah, you can. Like, yeah. What? I and, have and you, to. You're, I, just, you're just like you. You do. Uh, I told I mean, myself people, I'm locking myself into Boyd 15 spots ahead of ADP in my next in my next window, and which sucks. Karain, Karain probably wakes up about once a week in cold sweats, remembering that Tyler Boyd had 11 points after the first draft of the of the Bills Bengals game when when Boyd was chasing him down. We almost lived. <laughs> we we almost lived. We almost lived out the Tyler Boyd chasing down the winner. That's of true. WrestleMania That's three. true. Like, I think we, he's still good enough, and and we talk about. I mean, if something were to happen to either Chase or Higgins and they missed time. I, I actually think I don't think that's real. I think we've seen Chase and Higgins both get banged up and, and miss time before. It tends and to it, flow to the other one of Chase it, and Higgins because they're yeah, so it, so good. Because Boyd right. is Boyd is just who he is. Yeah, he's but who he is. I still think Boyd would have the weekly spike week potential that I, would, I think he's got he, the he does spike week regardless he does a right Burrow now team he, can win with boyd is what i'm saying it if can one of those other guys is missing boyd can have can be the stack in a given week but yeah you're really honestly you're in the scenario you just described in which you have justin jefferson you're basically hoping your first round pick doesn't count you're you're honestly because i would say if we you know if we had access to this data from underdog which we don't I would guess the most common wide receiver quarterback pairing in the whole of Best Ball Mania 4 will be Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. And their ceiling weeks are one-to-one correlated. You are <laughs> never, ever, you are never in a billion years getting a 32-point Kirk Cousins game in which Justin Jefferson gets like 10. It's, it is it is like... The uh, universe is possible. Jefferson can have 30 points and Cousins can... Yeah, that's the thing. That's sure, You don't yeah, need sure, Cousins. Sure, like, sure. if you have Jefferson yeah, yeah. and Burrow, like, so again, you don't need this Cousins team, at all. Burrow can smash Cousins and Jefferson can still go off, I think, in the same week. Yeah, Burrow, yeah, Burrow, could, Burrow could run for a touchdown, throw one to Irv, throw one to Trent Taylor, and throw one to Tyler Boyd or whatever. Sure. Yeah. But I think one it, re- it's, the only reason I wound up doing it, because I did have this whole deliberation. Like, am I just screwing my team, even though it's such great ADP value? I, I think you I think you do it, but you do it understanding that like we don't have any control over what happens in week 17, anyways, but it's certainly not a move done to optimize for week 17. No, I know that's absolutely been too late not, but I for it you was to such have a but... unique combination of players I was able to get to. Sorry, Pat. I think if you had Mixon, it would make it more enticing. 
because yeah, I agree. You know, that's one re- very realistic path to like. You know, Burrow likes to check down. Mixon's he- five touchdown game. I think Burrow had thirty two in that game, if right. I remember correctly. Yeah, they can get there together. Um, but the other, the other really thing- interesting thing about this team is so is Jefferson. I went Ramondre Brees two three turn, which I I've, I've gotten an inordinate amount of I like that. And, did you and take done- Did you take Brees over Derrick Henry? Probably. I take Brees over Derrick Henry. I've taken Ramondre. I've gone Jefferson, Ramondre, Brees on like three different teams out of you know only thirty so far. But I've yeah. We generally like young players who flash the lead upside in their rookie season. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is healthier than Brees Hall is. Yeah, he's he's also twenty nine years old, and we're playing for week seventeen. I I did not take him over Henry. Henry went twenty first, but I still would have. You're not playing for week seventeen if you're fading Derrick Henry, dude. Let me tell you the rest of the year. You know, Derrick Henry, I know he plays the Texans, but come on, man. Like, what Sam, happened to you, dude? Sam had a great Sam had a great tweet the other day. Uh he's he's not here. He's not here to represent himself, but he was like, Yeah, I've just been really scooping up a lot of Tajay Spears. Do you know he plays the Houston Texans in <laughs> week 17? That's a good one. Which is a good bit. Um the, so the net I want to tell you the rest of this team. The next turn. Uh, Fields was still there and Burrow behind ADP at that turn. And I, I, I have been pretty anti the elite quarterbacks. I've been telling you guys this, Pat and, and Pete, over on ship chasing offseason. If I was drafting on teams, I probably wouldn't be paying these iron prices for the elite quarterbacks. I didn't take either of them. I took Kenneth Walker, though. So I ended up with Ramondre Brees and Kenneth Walker in my first five picks. Godwin at that turn as well. So I only had Jefferson Godwin. And so then to take Burrow at 6-7 also meant that I only have three receivers through seven rounds. I took uh, Jahan mm. Dotson with him. But that's part of why I think the Burrow, like if like Boyd is going to be more important to this roster because you need Boyd anyway. Receiver. You I'm like really need, need a anyway. Boyd type. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a kind of a hyper-fragile running back build. But now I have like, my starting lineup is going to be really good. The structure and the depth of the team is not going to be particularly good. But if the running backs are healthy and Burrow is the guy, like the stud, you're going to need to hammer wide receivers through like the early double digit rounds. But that's okay because it's a hyper fragile team, so you're not going to drive their running right. backs in that kind of running back, you know, sweet spot anyway. So, and this is why sense. I thought adding Burrow to this roster made even more sense because I feel like it does like increase the weekly ceiling at a bunch of spots. But like the the, the lack of correlation. I mean, what did the chase drafter do? Did the chase drafter have Mahomes there? He took Mahomes in the third. So Mahomes, yeah. Yeah. I didn't take Mahomes to the turn. He got him at three hundred two. And then so that's, that's I, I had to go. That's the trouble, which I, right? Which yeah. I love. I love. I mean, I I, I don't I, love it now. Like you're you're yeah. You I mean, I mean he locked how, himself Mahomes, out of six round like, Burrow. Six, six round Burrow versus third round Mahomes. Mahomes is, is going to score so many more fantasy points than Burrow. Yeah, but if you have Chase, I mean, six eleven Burrow. No, I mean, I mean obviously Burrow crushes third round. But obviously you can't. He took Dalvin Cook can't. at six eleven instead. I mean, his two v two was bad. Dalvin. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Well, I I take we it back. Him. I take we it back. Him. I take it back. <laughs> Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is going to end up like in a timeshare with Brees Hall. Is like the way that this is progressing. Yeah. Well, don't say Brees Hall because I I don't want Brees Hall. That's the that's the rumor on the street right now is the Jets. Oh you, so 10 minute here says you can't bank on six round bro one thing i'll say oh anything past 503 is getting greedy yeah it's probably true if you were gonna take burrow you probably would have taken him at 503 anyway that's fair i was gonna say which something which is still which is still uh a, well i guess it depends on the construction of your team because some of those guys you're taking at 503 if your draft breaks the wrong way it could it could be like you're taking jerry judy you know which is like i don't know give me give me the give me the mahomes side of that 2v2 i think 
I actually yeah. do think it's six eleven. I would have been tempted to take Burrow because even as a Mahomes drafter, because you're like, this probably doesn't work, but my advance rate. Well, it's the I'm advancing it's the, this team probably. It's the um, it's the thing we always say, which is that you know, elite uh, or uh, uh, unique combos, like you can pretty much justify anything if you're like, well, it's a unique combo to get through. And a huge ADP value to get Burrow there. Yeah. Um, 100%. Um, why, so, so Allen, Hertz, Kyler, Fields, Burrow, even Hertz sometimes falls. Really, I mean, Crane, we've been saying this since February. Like this just was never, long-term, this was never going to hold. This, to where these guys are going now, seems about right you know i i think yeah. i think uh, i think it's all, still very I expensive these... i mean i th- I still think there's a lot of good yes. running back books in the third anyway. round yeah. yeah but it's like there is a pretty severe tier break on just because of the way fantasy football works now where there's so few like very elite players like i think probably the last elite player in fantasy football is probably tony pollard who goes at 21 no i breeze hall Ramondre Stevenson are in, I mean, they're Reece, in the same Reece Hall, tier. Reese Hall is like not going to be playing the first month of the season. I think so that's like that, overly that pessimistic. There's I no real. Okay. Explain, explain, explain this to me. Explain, explain like I'm five. Brees Hall is running back 11 and ADP. Javante is running back 29. Javante had a multi-ligament tear. The team right. is talking. It's talking openly about him being back like a little bit later than needing to have some P Ryan is the, a, a big role to start. Is it? Is it? Is it just the P Ryan signing? The P Ryan signing make, matters. That, it's, that, it's, that mul- it's a lo- it's a multi ligament tear. It's much much more uh, at risk of becoming a Dobbins situation than Brees Hall. Yeah, Brees Hall was an ACL and tear Knight only. We're both really poor last year. I'll add this that that Javante actually has this. The P Ryan thing matters. He actually has a backup that was good last year and is a, probably a better running back than anything the Jets have, unless Abana Kanda is really good immediately as a fifth round pick. And you know what? I, I recant. The, the P. Ryan thing just matters. Yeah. That, the other thing is, is, I would also say being Aaron Rodgers running back has historically been very good. He throws to the running backs a lot. They score a lot of touchdowns. I think. And what are you getting in, in terms of a, A.J. Dillon last year? What's good for Aaron Jones? Free <laughs> calls Aaron Jones. Not AJ if Dillon. both had not torn their ACL, I would say that Javante Williams would be like, He'd go where Kenneth Walker going. Value. I was going to say he's Kenneth Walker even. Okay, if you if you're more worried about the P, I would be less worried about the P Ryan stuff if he was healthy. I think he would yeah. dust P Ryan if totally healthy. But sure, you could even say he falls more into the. Well, I think pit. people are just pessimistic about Denver, right? Like that, it's just like right. a very weird. Right. You you have. I mean, I'm pretty optimistic in terms of what they cost, but I could totally see it being a disaster. The Denver situation, one of the weirdest teams in the NFL right now. Right. But for me, I, I mean, that's a with, team that low key might be tanking. Like, we're openly talking about how Arizona might tank in this and that. Peyton has not said a lot of things that have made me believe that he thinks Russ is the long term future. We've talked about the contract situation where like 25 million more dollars get guaranteed if he's on the roster at like the fifth league day of 2024. So, after this season, his 2024 salary is already guaranteed. So, people who are just looking at over the cap are going, oh, they have to keep it to 2024. They, they don't and they won't if they don't want to guarantee 25 million of 20. 25 money so this year they have to make their decision or else they're tied again Gretch, what do you season. what do you think about my take on russ that drew Brees at the end had nothing left to give he had he had a pea shooter but sean payton was still getting 11 I think it's possible. seasons out of him i think that's possible but i, I also sounds think like a jared a... Stidham take to me yeah 
Yeah. No, <laughs> honestly. Sin- right. There's a scenario where he's like, I so don't want to be tied to Russ through 2025. Because I don't think sure. Peyton three years from now wants to still be coaching Russ from everything he said that he's going to almost tank Russ, like make him suck so that he can go to Jared Stidham or whatever and cut Russ before. I mean, Crane, Crane had Crane had the best take, which is that uh, Russ just seems like completely intolerable. Like to just, to just be like, to, just no, very that, grounded. Very grounded. <laughs> like just getting, just getting him out of the building basically. Cause I think also you hire a CEO style coach like Peyton, like Peyton is like, he's been around the NFL for a super well-respected. That's a guy Nathaniel Hackett was never going to win. Um, you know, like Nathaniel Hackett was never going to win the battle of personality between, you, you know, him and Russ, whereas Sean Payton, Sean Payton could win the battle of personality between the two, oh. right? Where it's like, this is my team. This is what we're doing. Russ, I will send you home if you are not with the program. I don't even think he could win. And I think he's like the heavy favorite to win it, right? Like Russ, I think... Was, was so disliked by the end of last season. They had a defensive tackle chewing him out on the sideline yeah, and no that one was caring. Good. You've that never seen contract. a defensive tackle chew out a nine million, nine figure quarterback contract type type like player. Like that was insane. Shelby Harris just yelling at him. And no one's coming to the quarterback's defense. Everyone's like, ah, just go ahead. We don't even like Russ. Like, I mean, he's right. already lost. Like, this has been an just... epic, epic derailment of the point that I was trying to make, which is that there's <laughs> Javante William and Brees Hall don't have the same like high-end payoff based on what we saw from them so far in their careers. That Brees Hall was showing the potential to be like the one well, of Bre- two type Brees of pick that. where we never Brees got that. that from from Williams. In terms of workload, in terms of efficiency, in terms of versatility, we just haven't seen that ceiling yet from Williams. Which also was a tangent of Davis's point that there wasn't a lot of elite talent. And I was trying to rope Brees Hall. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A double derailment. We are but really I think, derailed. I think what was the say, original conversation? Quarterbacks. Because about quarterbacks. Quarterback. Because I think, I to me, to me. This is why I this think, show goes three hours often. <laughs> yeah, it goes so long. It is such a long program. I think all of Devonta, <laughs> T, Henry, Jacobs, Ramondre, Metcalf, yada yada so on and so forth i think that's the tier break so i think Metcalf all isn't the... in that tier for me i don't really yeah. get where Metcalf goes where he goes you think he should go earlier or later later yeah i i mean i think you're i think you're probably it's just like i i don't know to me if i close my eyes i'm like it's week 17 against the steelers dk Metcalf has 180 yards and four touchdowns Lock, against the, the guy who's actually spiked for bigger weeks Metcalf's Lockett like Lockett is like the best dude. he's like the best value on the board oh, right he's now. a great value yeah but like but anyway anyway point being i see the quarterback settling after that range but i do get taking the quarterbacks ahead of henry jacobs or mandre metcalf yada yada so on and they're so auto forth. clicks and in the late third like if it's yes dk metcalf or like jalen hurts with aj brown like i am not thinking about that yeah I'm taking i still don't agree. think they're auto clicks just from a structural perspective and like as somebody who hasn't drafted as much and i'm not anchored to any adps like my and i might change on this but my initial read and i've been feeling this is like i want to build running back and receiver depth not necessarily running back depth but if I'm going to take a detour in the first four rounds, I probably want to do it with an anchor running back and still be building receiver depth. And I know how that makes my teams. And this is from obviously years of drafting. I know how that I feel about my teams at the end. Does that mean that I'm going to be right? Not necessarily, but I do still feel that way at those prices, what it does for a build 
having done hundreds of drafts over lots of years, I don't like it. Like I, I want to be taking now I I'm doing 30 slows and I'm only in like the fourth and fifth on the most advanced of those slows. I only did five fasts. So I've only finished five builds and a couple of those fasts, my quarterbacks ended up being so bad that those teams are probably dead. So like, I do get that, but I think the way to win is still, you get a, maybe it's a three quarterback build, but you get a, a floor at quarterback late and you have enough depth at the other positions because that's where you differentiate. Like, yes, last year, the top quarterbacks differentiated. Yes. It seems from a profile perspective that they will continue to, I just don't think they can dif- differentiate as much at those prices to justify well, it well, shout as out, elite players at other positions can. Shout out to Sam Hoppin, who put together a really good article on 4 for 4. You guys should check out on um, the quarterback prices. He simulated out last year's ADP. So he took he said, like, all right, let's let's dive a little further than just looking at, like, how these actual teams performed. Let's take the quarterbacks – like who were drafted in the third round and let's move them to the second round and then like replace them with a player selected in that range in the third round and sort of like see how last year's results would have worked out with second round ADP prices. And the results were like pretty startling. Like it's, it's even with last year's results, which were most likely an outlier season in a positive way for the elite quarterbacks it still hurt the advance rates of those teams quite a bit. It was, it was also an outlier season in terms of first and second round success rates from non QBs. And then third round was like a little worse, right? Like we had a lot of, remember last year we talked a lot during the season about like all the points were coming from guys picked in the top 25 picks from the non QBs. Right. So if you, well, that's fair too. Maybe, maybe that second round opportunity cost looks higher than usual, but yeah. And my feel right now is that the third round still feels like pretty strong opportunity cost, you know? So it is like in some ways, like I was willing to take second round Josh Allen because it's like, well, if I'm going to get Brees Hall in the late third anyway, like what's what. So this goes back to the, the, the pick that I made right before we went live and you told me uh, we should talk about it on the show. I, I have a chow chow going. I started digs waddle. And I was in the middle of the third. And I've been talking um, a little bit about liking Hall and Ramondre. And I I particularly like when they fall deeper into the third. I mean, those are just really nice picks. So Ramondre was there um, three picks after ADP. And I really like what the digs waddle start to be able to get that anchor running back that I think is probably a mid-second value. I think Ramondre is being undervalued pretty clearly. Um, But Josh Allen was also there five and a half picks behind ADP. He was the you know, the, the value pick. And I have digs on this roster. And I was asking you guys what you would do because I have not taken Allen yet. But at pick 31, I still think that's a really steep price to play for a quarterback. But when you have digs, I mean, you said I, I kind of had to do like, like you almost, I was like, do I have to do that? And you're like, yeah, you kind of have to do that. I think you're right. But yeah, I, I mean, I, that's where I'm at. It's like, I, I have a hard time even pulling the trigger with a stacked pick of Allen, knowing that there's a lot of people that are going digs Allen in the second. And so I get this differentiation of having Waddle on this roster too and still getting this stack. But I mean, just from a structural perspective, to give up Ramondre Stevenson at 307, I just, that's not a, I don't want to be taking a quarterback over a running back in that spot. What are you guys' thoughts on that? For I me, did take Allen. Yeah, for me, it's partly that that was a chow chow, right? Yeah. So you're getting the best price on Allen, you know, that I mean, maybe. There was some very late third round Allen or something, but for the most part, 
that's one of the better prices that you'll see on Allen stacked in the entire tournament. Like you're going to get, you're yeah. locking in like a Allen digs, you know, but you have Waddle and they have, maybe they have Ramondre, but that's still pretty sweet. You know, like you're going to get an advantage there with your elite skill player. If it was best ball mania, I think it's one of those things a little harder. My guess is the advance rate is probably going to favor the skill position players in the first, you know, 40 picks or whatever, but you get to week 17 and you flip the cards over and you're like, Oh yeah. Josh Allen just, you know, Josh Allen has 33 Mahomes through for 503 yards and four touchdowns against the, like, I just, just, and obviously it played out the exact opposite of this last year where Tom Brady and Mike Evans went completely nuclear in week 17. Um, so I think it's, and obviously like in a, a one game samples are incredibly small, but just like, look at, look at 90th percentile projections for quarterbacks on any given week, Mahomes, Allen, Hertz, and Burrow are going to be projected for so many more points than everyone else at a 90th percentile. And in fairness to the elite quarterbacks, like Allen and Burrow didn't have a week 17 game and the Eagles stuff won tournaments without Hertz even playing. So like, was that Hertz the week they played? The yeah, they they uh the Saints game, right? Yeah, the Saints game. Yeah. Yeah. The the winning uh tournament, the winning lineup on uh the DraftKings Millionaire was a Eagle stack without Hertz. <laughs> so I mean, Hertz would have been didn't the, pretty didn't valuable. The, wasn't the DK winning team auto-drafted? God, was it? I I I saw it had enough correlation I, where I, that would be surprising. It had like a like a true Eagle stack. Okay, I, I I saw someone say that on Twitter the other day, and I oh don't know, God. maybe maybe I maybe I'm misunderstanding, but I I thought I thought that was something I thought that was something that was out there. That and, the, and additionally, Pat, both Lamar and Kyler were hurt by that point. There's enough names that it's hard to imagine scenarios where none of them have the. I mean, I think that's a good point. It, it really was a crazy run out that Lamar, Kyler, Hurts were all out, and then Allen and Burrow both don't play. Right. I mean, like the amount of quarterbacks that have a yeah we, we do this with dfs week 17 like in dfs you might you might play a slate slightly differently because you know there's uh mahomes and burrow are playing each other on monday night and josh allen's on by and lamar's hurt and then it's like well you know now, now only fading, one elite like, ceiling needs to fail it yeah it, it's like you're fading like kyler and herbert maybe in a given week you're like all right i can i can pay down a quarterback much more easily yeah, it does change the math. That's not going to happen every week 17 for sure. Very unlikely. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> I still, Where do you, these prices are still, I mean. They're still high for you. So here's what I want to ask you, Ben, because you've got kind of fresh eyes on this. What are you doing if you're passing on these quarterbacks, even at these prices? And who knows? They could continue to fall. I think I think they probably like have trouble getting past the 3-4 turn with any consistency. But one thing I could see happening is that if Lamar starts to fall a little bit in the fourth, then I can sit there and take Andrews in the third and get a chance at Lamar in the fourth. You know, I'm going to end up passing on, you know, I mean, anyway, I just think there's a couple things that can kind of push them down a little further, but they're going to, I think three, four turn is probably the cap for the true elites. But like, what are you doing at quarterback if you're passing on these new prices? Yeah. And that's the thing I still need to figure out. I was trying to say, I'm in a lot of slows and I haven't gotten to make those decisions yet late. And then some of the fasts I did, it didn't necessarily work great. But 
What I do think <clears throat> about taking these picks early is we, we've talked about this a little bit. The wide receiver window closes earlier this year. Like Bateman mm-hmm. and those guys are like mm-hmm. 88, 88, I think. You're, it's yeah, like it's eighth round. That. You have like seven or eight picks to get enough receiver depth. And you don't, than, you don't want to be the dude clicking Juju Smith-Schuster and being like, shit. Oof. That's my wide receiver three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the, you do not want to be there. I've, I've, I've gone the other way in terms of like drafting. Like un, like I did, I did a best ball mania this morning where I took six wide receivers in my first 10 picks or whatever and hated the team, you know, hated being like, well, I got all these limp tick quarterback and uh, tight end options. Um, but I, I mean, I guess it does at the end of the day, I would rather just try and do, I I'll even do three quarterbacks, three tight ends on underdog in that scenario and cut out an extra wide receiver just to hope to run. Cause really I, I, you know, you could take uh, in a normal distribution, you could take three tight ends who score between, you know, uh, let's call it 120 and 160.5 PPR points. But if they layer perfectly, if they just, for whatever reason, over the course of 17 weeks, happen to completely layer their spike weeks perfectly, I mean, obviously you're still losing to Kelsey and Andrews and Hawkinson, but you're not getting completely dusted if you're getting 12 and a half points per week or whatever. Right. Uh, you know, and so I, I do, and I, I think this is the, I try and rescue it that way. To, to your question, Pat, about what I'm doing, like this is a big thing where I, I do have some some definitely some three QBs, three tight ends. I've been trying to hesitate from doing both. I did five drafts. So I'm trying to pull it up. Like one was two with Derek Carr. I hit a couple QBs like in a little bit of a later window. That was a Tyreek Alave start. So it was nice to get both the stacks. I ended up doing a three tight end build on that one. Right. And like, so that was sort of the thing is like, I'm probably doing three on one or the other. And, mm-hmm. and, Part of the reason I'm okay with that is I'm making sure to get enough receiver depth before where I think I think probably a lot of drafters are not getting enough receiver depth before a a, a shrunk wide receiver window this year because people don't realize that it has shrunk. I'll and tell so you from too many detours and you have less availability for detours in the first seven or eight rounds this year than I think people realize. I still want to get an elite tight end if I can, and I think there are really good running back prices early. There right, are. like I'm just talking about Ramondre and Brees, and I want to make those picks. I I don't think you can take three or four early running backs in any scenario, but a couple and then build out running back depth later. You can still have a really good running back room. You have to get the receiver depth. It feels like to me before round eight. So yeah, I mean, that makes it really tough to justify those early QBs for me. Yeah. And I think there's, it's possible that we, because all the wide receivers are priced up like that teams that only have four through seven are going to feel a little, week like I, I i think it's actually it's one of those things where the wide receiver pricing can go both ways where like that you want to maybe figure out ways to counter it but also i i do think there is kind of a wide receiver dead zone like the to me the hopkins watson keenan judy mike williams area is a bit dead but then it comes back it's alive flat. again. i don't think it's yeah. dead i think it's flat it it comes back alive again to me godwin through honestly all the way through dotson a wide receiver 40. i like dotson yeah so I like I oh, like to nice I, I've ended up with a bunch more than I planned of Jameer Gibbs, Kenneth Walker, Aaron Jones, J.K. Dobbins, Joe Mixon because I'm like, well, I can just I just need a running back here. These wide receivers are flat Structurally, to me. Yeah. I'll take whoever I get and so it's not even like oh I can't wait to click the button on Kenneth Walker because I I don't love Kenneth yeah. Walker. Um, 
but here let's let's check my exposure See, i'm not doing a ton have... of that because i feel like it gives me if i take a wide receiver there even though i kind of don't care who then it, i can like take a running back in the eighth round or ninth round or 10th round, and I love those picks, and I hate the wide receivers in, like, the 10th. just hate it. The, I see. Yeah. This is what I want to do. This is the biggest thing I haven't done yet, but I want to be doing. Uh, Love Star says I've built some really strong teams lately going six wide receivers to start. I don't know that I have all wide receiver starts just because of where I'm, like, at in – I got a lot of one-on-ones. It's harder, of, like, right, because there's so, there is running back value. Like, that right. is just true. There is more running back yeah. value. In round two, I got. I, I know I got a couple twelves, and I know one. I think I'm only. I've only threw four picks, and I started receiver, receiver. I don't know which of the two. I've, I've had a couple late picks where I, you know, Amon Ra and Garrett Wilson and, and Adams and and Lamb are all in that range. And then I got DK and Debo at the three four turn. I know I started four straight receivers from the twelve slot. But I mean, if you get that type of receiver depth, you can go back to like the old school, like purest rawest zero RB. Even without any kind of other detours, just get so much receiver firepower before like the eighth. I mean, maybe you want to take a tight end detour or something. But you probably do. You probably want an elite at yeah. one of the two onesies. One of QB or tight end. That's true. But I, I, you, I think you can still build a really strong zero RB room starting in like round nine, like a really good one from yes. that nine to twelve. Really strong, like yeah. really strong. Like I have, I have a team that's, um, it was like Rashad White, Cam Akers. Damian Harris and like a, a Jalen Warren maybe, and I was Damian Harris. It. If things break right for him, he could just be like a round three pick next year. Honestly, yeah. So I I was looking at that team, and I then I had a choice between Devin Singletary and Marvin Mims, and I was like, I just want to go Mims here because I feel like I'm like actually super strong at running back. But I took <laughs> I took Singletary because I was like, this is a true zero running back build. You should continue to add fire. My wide receivers are very strong, so. But there is like it's such a strong range in that, you know, round like late round seven to like I, it does dry up pretty quickly. I would say it kind of starts to dry up by the early round 11 range. But you can just hammer that. And then I'm like, shit, like this feels like I took running backs in 2019 starting in round four. Right. Someone just said you can start five, six receivers and have Mixon as like a pseudo anchor, pseudo anchor running back. Like one of the things we talked about with Mixon's ADP, and I know you guys. Yeah, but you a lot can't. About. I I like I like that better with like a quick little stop at the at the chalet for like a hot chocolate of like Mark Andrews. Like I like I like that a lot yeah. better. If you if you skirt away from the avalanche to get yourself a little cocoa, you know, oh, with yeah. a little a little sprinkle on top. I like yeah. I like that. I like it a lot a better. Cinnamon. I just. Feel, be just because I mean, for the very simple reason of uh, I do think I think this matters much less in the FFPC, and I mean we're going to get into the zero RB holy wars. Uh, I don't probably about a month from now is when all that stuff will start. But I do think it starts as soon as we go to FFPC because I think it's still like normal over there. I think it's like yeah. three years ago there. <laughs> um, but the issue is, I do think it's probably from uh, I would I would I wonder I. I, we should ping Leone or Hayden on this, but I, my guess is it's bad to be in the fifth or sixth round taking a player who cannot contribute to your lineup if things go well, right? Like my 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 guess would be that from an optimization perspective, to be spending, you know, for for thinking of these in terms of like auction dollars or whatever, might you know to be spending, you know, fifteen percent of your cap on a player who, if things are going well 
will or or will invalidate the guy you just spent 30 percent that's not how wide receiver scoring works yeah, that's why wide receiver depth has always worked is because really they are it. volatile and they have higher peaks and but they can also have well low. you're giving yourself six outs to you know four insanely good wide but receiver. you're but you're really at running back whatever you know the distribution there is going to be more random but you're really crushing the potential points you'll have available at quarterback and tight end well i do think you want to get at least one elite yeah, it would be. Yeah. It, yeah, I agree with that. It's tough to, if you're if you're trending yourself intentionally towards a three QB, three tight end build. And the answer for me typically is the elite tight end is the preference, right? So that's again well, the, where the the prices, prices are. Up. I mean, if you look at what happened last year, right? Great year for elite quarterback. By the way, people hate hearing it. Great year for elite tight end. If you had Kelsey or Kittle, it was a smash. So. Yeah. The, the elite tight end just feels worse because in order, like one of the ways it can be a great year for elite tight end is that every tight end but two suck. But it's like, hey, if you have, then if you have those two, it's, and it, and one of them who didn't suck, sucked for most of the year and then was good. Right. Um, Kelsey was so, just a far and away absolute smash, but that was the whole thesis was that they, he could, like one of these yeah, elite tight ends, the if they field, hit, yeah. can just lap the field. Right. Uh, I've Lapping seen, the I got, field includes a lot of busts for the other guys that we all took, which feels right. shitty. And it wasn't enough depth or upside all the way into right. the late rounds. So it wasn't going to be a late round smash a tight end. We all saw this. Right. I mean, this was but the, the market has reacted saying, I'm in on elite quarterback. That feels good. Prices are up. I, you know, now they're falling a little bit from where they started, but they're still up. And prices are down on tight ends, like in a big way. Kyle Pitts. You can get him in the late sixth a lot. Right. Dallas Goddard, you can get him in the early seventh sometimes. Like these dudes. I forced are... myself to not look my first two fast drafts. I took Pitts, I think ahead of ADP. I was and I, I had to force myself to be like, I can't have 50% Kyle Pitts again. Like I had to stop taking him immediately. But and I think I don't Big know if discount. I'm Big since discount. Then. But it's way it's for what his ceiling is, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. There's yeah. no reason you should be going after Drake London in the same offense. The same like London's profile is not better than Pitts. Full stop. Yeah. Right. I, I do think as a wide receiver, he has a little bit higher of a production ceiling, but I get what you're saying, but he doesn't get tight end eligible. Marginal. So. All right, right. Karin, yeah. we got to go. We got to go to the risers, bro. We're, right, I got to ask you guys a quick question we're, we're, before we're this. I just got a notification this from Underdog that FYI, it's your pick <laughs> notification. I've seen people complain about this. How do I get them to stop setting that? What are you doing? Like, no, like... why, why would you? I don't. There's no reason to complain about that. That's just a good thing. Telling that, me over and over again. I'm in 30 slows. I get these FYI, it's your pick notifications constantly. Hey, I just <laughs> want you guys who are fading Derrick Henry to know that uh, season long props are coming out, and he's got the highest rushing yardage prop of any running back. Just I haven't it. gotten anywhere close to timing out. Like not even five hours close. I don't need these. Dave was telling me to move on, followed by Ben saying, "Hang on, I've got something to say about the FYI. It's your pick notification is an all time. How do I stop getting it? I thought there was a way to stop getting it. All right, anyway. All right, let's move to the risers. The first slide in these slide decks. Forty minutes in, we are to the first slide. I did want to. I did check it as we were talking. There are no eighty. There are no uh, risers for quarterbacks on this list. It's kind of interesting given how many are falling. No one's kind of coming up to replace them. Like I thought, maybe. Like, are we seeing a Richardson increase? And if anything, no, it feels it's, like it's just falling it's a just bit. all it's all it's unilateral. It's all across the yeah. board. Um, all due respect. To Rondell Moore, who's up to 148. No. All, 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 all due respect. It doesn't uh, seem very respectful, Davis. Yeah, still too low. <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. not. Rondale, yes, it Ron, like 
Rondale, like a gadget guy. I, I literally would rather Greg Dorch in the last round than Rondale Moore at, at his new price now, I think. I, I fundamentally I think, disagree. I think he's one of the few guys outside that's wide receiver window I was talking about earlier that could be justifiably inside of it with his profile. ETR has him ranked 115th overall. So he's going to continue to rise, I would say. It just feels like there's not that much meat on the bone. If Ertz is not retiring, if somehow Ertz Gerald's still there, and Hollywood Brown is now the Hollywood Brown rise, who also that I get. I'm yeah. actually on board. I'm I'm completely Me on too. board with the I, I think I've always been above market on him. I think he's very good. I thought it was savvy business by the Cardinals to acquire him. But Rondale, it's just like I've wanted Rondale to happen so many times in my life. Uh, like it feels like it feels like I bet it feels like a, a decade of Rondale more, and it's been two years. Um, I don't know. So I just you're burnt by you're like admitting that you don't want to draft him because you're you're sick of, and that's well, I mean, it's, fair, it's more like, just it's more just he's had a lot of opportunities to play, and he just is is really a pretty mediocre football player. Well, he didn't really play much as a rookie. He was a gadget player as a rookie. But don't like, yeah, but, like I think I, I of like 0.5 or something. But I think I think that is a negative. I think I think we. Oh, we it is. This, you're right. It is a negative. We do this with rookies we like. You know, it's, this is classic ship chasing right here, where it's like with a rookie we like, we're like, yeah, but he didn't really get a chance to play, and then a guy we don't like, we're like, he couldn't even get on the field. He stinks. You know. Well, that's like, 100% uh, true. But I would say if you want to, you know, to say he is what he is when he hasn't really played is a little tougher. Like you can say he's maybe not very good because he hasn't been able to get on the field a lot. I, I think I'll think... push back on that point you just made about classic ship chasing is and he hasn't played at the NFL level. He had a really I mean, he didn't play a ton at the college level either. Right. But he was very productive when he played. And the players we do this on are the ones. I always am writing about and talking about a longer timeline. They're the ones that we saw produce at a really high level in college. Those games don't count for our fantasy football, but they're real competitive football games that people love to just like completely ignore happen because they want to look at only the NFL track record. There's a difference between not getting on the NFL level, but having shown in college that you can produce on the field in ways that tends to be right. But there's, there's a real reason not having shown that. And then also not producing the NFL. But there's a very real reason why Rondale would be capable of producing numbers in college that he would not be able to duplicate at the NFL, which is that he is the size of an infant. He's he's <laughs> he is extreme like he is so small. He is he is five six, dude. He is a a baby. <laughs> he is very small. I mean, if you have that, <laughs> that's. That's there's no there's no uh, counter to that point. It's it's the same thing. It's the same <laughs> thing. True. Like anytime anytime I start to get excited about like Tutu Atwell, who I like think is going to play so much this year. I don't really see a way around him not. But it's like there's just a to me it feels like an extremely limited range of outcomes when you're literally that small. The difference with Tutu is weight is different. A lot different than height. Rondell's yes. still 180. He's jacked up. He squatted he like is, 600. He's extremely like, jacked. I mean, yeah. yeah, he is. He's a he's a good bowling ball player. When we've seen players like a Darren Sproles kind of, you know, right. if you're like that super stocky mold, Maurice Jones drew, like he's not a running back, obviously, but we generally have seen running backs in this mold more than receivers. It's not, I'm not, it's, it's bringing me no pleasure to be, to be the guy, uh, you know, having to, having to nag Rondell Moore. I, I've liked Rondell Moore for a long time, but I like, 
the the range of outcomes for Rondell Moore on a the worst team in football with Clayton right. Tune quarterbacking. Um, like kind of the thesis with Rondell was always like, yeah, well, they, you know, they they the cliff, it's the horizontal raid, and Kyler's like, you know, running around doing stuff. Like it's it was all sort of tied, and now it's like no but one knows. That's part of why I kind of like the Rondell play is it is going to be a shit show and they're going to need something. And it's like, also that's, like, pew, that's, pew, 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 explosive. Tutu Atwell got, got some run last year when it became a shit show. We've been promised Rams, explosive. Like, Let's just start chucking the ball downfield to Tutu Atwell and see what happens. That's why, that's why show. I'm drafting. That's why I'm drafting Dorch. I'm drafting Dorch for the true shit show, which is that it, it goes so sideways yeah. that the, they build the entire offense out of four yard passes to Greg Dorch. If you want to. <laughs> No, Davis, you need to open your third eye on on the shit show. If, if if you say Michael Wilson to me, I'm like leaving the stream, dude. I was gonna say Michael Wilson. I mean, <laughs> no, Michael third Wilson round receiver, made, right? Michael Wilson is made up, dude. Michael Wilson was like a New England Patriots psyop. They brought him in for a top thirty visit. He's like a, he's like a five year special teamer at a school that doesn't throw the forward pass. Davis, if Mike, Michael Wilson went in the seventh <laughs> round, you would be touting him nonstop. <laughs> he is he's literally Jeff Janice athletic. Yeah, he's is he a really? God, yes, I was just dude. typing that he, in. What was his RAS? His RAS is fucking awesome. Yeah. Jeff Janice was really productive though. People forget at Saginaw Valley State, dude. He was putting up records. <laughs> People do up... forget. That's true. <laughs> Saginaw Valley. Speaking, speaking of uh speaking of like uh Zapruder film level stuff, uh we gotta get Trey Lance on the largest ADP followers, dude. Did you guys see that clip of him missing that throw in 49ers camp? No. It <laughs> oh wasn't my. that bad. Yes, it was. All man. right, I'm going to pull this up. How do I find this? What is... Sam, Sam, okay, DM, the, Sam the drill it is The drill is one where he's working on um, throwing off platform with his shoulders not square. And the whole reason you work on that is you can sail throws. And he sails the throw. And it's like one bad rep when your shoulder is completely open. It's not like I, I was actually encouraged by his mobility. His leg looked great. His leg totally. That's yeah, so it's he's moving around a bunch and throwing. then he throws and and the coach does look very dejected when the ball goes away over his head. Like I get I get Davis's point for sure, but I mean like you can make anyone look bad. not anyone, yeah, but go. a lot of quarterbacks look bad with that drill. I think here we go. Oh, the, the, the audio leg mobility looks great. The audio listeners are really missing out right here. And then just I mean, come on, look at that God. coach. Look at that coach collapse. <laughs> Gretch, you there's no way you can sell this to me is not a big deal. No, it's a little bad. Oh <laughs> look no. At the coach, look at the collapse. Oh, the coach oh. He's like, the coach can't believe it. He can't believe it. But I mean, look, his shoulders oh. are so unscrewed. No, that you're right though. Look, the guy points when he has to throw, so it's not up to him of when to throw. Right? He's like, throw now. And it's off. It's the whole point is off platform. That's a Mahomes yeah. throw. They're trying to get you know. You can throw when you're rolling left back to your right. Like we want you to be able to do this. Obviously, he didn't do yeah. it on that rep. Right, That's one rep. You know who'd be able to make that throw? Sam Darnold, most talented thrower well, in 49ers history. Have you have you seen the Anthony Richardson throw? Yes. It's not a great throw, but it's pretty fun. I mean, See, are you talking? Thing. Are you talking? Anthony are you Richardson, talking about the one where he is like literally running around for like 17 seconds and yeah. the, and then throws it into a net? Yes. And, darts, and then throw, starts greatest, dancing. He's like, yes, I finally hit the hole for the first it's time a, in my life. It's such an easy throw. Doesn't but... tell us anything. No, yes, it does, man. It tells us everything we need to know. <laughs> oh, I tweeted go. that. I tweeted this that is... meme the other day, like the the Drake meme of like 
Bryce Young throwing against the air, not interested. <laughs> yeah. Anthony Richardson throwing against the air, very interested, extremely <laughs> interested. I'm extremely interested in this throw. I mean, this is – look at him. Look at Watch him. Look how excited he is after he's he throws gigantic. this. Like, this look is the, the first focus. time he's look actually hit the target. Ooh. Look at how pumped he is. Yes, I, <laughs> I love it. I love the celebration. Yeah. The, the air guitar. I mean, this guy is going to be a star. He looks – to me, he almost looks like a soccer player. Like, he's so – he's so, like, coordinated. Yeah. Like, a, not not like a little baby forward like Messi, but like a, like a center back. Like, one of these guys who just got these extremely long strides. He just, I, I cannot wait. Oh, oh wait, hang on. I have another, I have play. another, uh, the, Ryan just Jordan sent us in. are literally the same person and you have a completely. Oh no. Oh no. Hang on. I got another one. I got another one for us. Is it the bright is the one where Bryce Young looks like he's about four foot six. I can't no, Ryan, Ryan DM'd so me maybe another Trey one Lance I haven't one. seen yet. It's a Trey Lance one. Oh, I, I, it's like, it's like enough. We know he's inaccurate. One rep doesn't change that. Yeah, but you're going to want to see it anyway. (laughs) Oh, no. Is that Lance? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, he's number 10 now? Who's he throwing that to? The coach, the coach who's standing about 10 feet away from the coach who stopped and is coming back before it lands. The, the coach, coach was like, not nope, going not to let him on Gretch, the field. Well, getting that one. Gretch, are you saying that this is a psyop by the 49ers coaches to hurt Trey Lance's confidence? No, is it an I'm inside job? It is that it an inside job? But, but no, I was. That's. I mean, poor film quality. But I was kind of making fun of Lance. Wait, Trey Lance is number five. Is that who is that? That might be. Is that Darnold? Oh God, yes. Oh God, please. Is be that Darnold? Who is it? No, Ken is Jimmy. Or was yeah, Jimmy? It is Jimmy. How long ago was, was that? that Jimmy? That's what I was thinking immediately. I was like, did he change to 10 because Jimmy left? <laughs> okay, that's the chat saying. We just Jimmy. got psyched. Thank you. We just we got, got psyched. You idiots got psyched. Hang on. But what does it say about Trey Lance that we thought that was Trey that Lance? We, right, right. It does. I mean, confidence, that we confidence. I thought in, it was Trey Lance. My confidence well, here. Consumer confidence in Trey Lance is at is at an all time low. I mean, it is because the the big thing is is no one. I don't think I don't think anyone believes Crane. We talked about this last week. Obviously, we talk about Trey Lance every week on this program. I don't think anyone actually believes in the thesis that you outlined either last week or two weeks ago, which is that he starts the season and actually plays well enough to keep the job. I, I don't think anyone is drafting him that way. I don't think anyone believes that. Well, then, like, what? what's the point? What's the play? There is no There is no point. The point is just to take Purdy, which I do. You're saying no one no one thinks that Lance can start all season? No, I don't think – I truly think that people believe that the only way Lance starts is by default. I don't think anyone – I don't think anyone – yes. <laughs> We've stopped sharing the slides. We are only looking Put the at back up. the wrong Put players. The, right. Put the slide they want back Sam Darnold is what they really want here. I got to <laughs> – I got a bit, I got a third video of Lance I am, and Darnold I am, side right now. By I am side. the Trey Lance of posts. All right, go ahead, go ahead, Ben. I I will definitely bite it. A third video. I don't. I I mean, I don't know how to send it to you. <laughs> DM it. ADP chasing. They're throwing in the throw it in the chat or private chat. It. The chat. There's there's, a, there's a there's a there's Ben. There's almost more ways in the history of the universe. This, like right literally, I like if been. I like. When I need to, when yeah. I need to message it Karain, in, it's in like, Discord. what? How do I even choose? How do I even choose how to send Karain a message? 
I can just present too. Like it's different for me because I have the presentation capabilities. Yeah, you could one. just present this if you would prefer, yeah. but I'm about to pull it up. Okay. Uh, you do it. All right. All right. So this is another video. This is and Lance. Do we have do we have do we have, do we have Darnold now? And Darnold getting, side by side throwing motions. I'm getting confirmation that this <laughs> is <laughs> not the drive across state lines to send you a link. This is I mean this is one of my favorite calls. <laughs> This is uh, this is definitely not Jimmy G. We have confirmed. So it's both are throwing motions. My point is Lance does this drill and throws a good ball. That's going right to the guy. So look, there's a one good rep. They actually look pretty similar. Lance's throwing motion, it's so lateral. You know what I mean? I mean, Darnold's throwing motion looks better for this drill. He stays wide. Lance has to like turn his body in a way that he's not supposed to for the drill. He's like incapable of doing the drill. Well, Lance uh, confirmed as good as Sam Darnold. So what could go wrong? Um, all right, let's get back to the charts here. Uh, any other why advisors? Is Ho- that- why is Hopkins ADP up? There's only one spot he could go where his his price would be better. I thought that right? was weird. Too. I disagree. I a hard time clicking him so far. Okay, where well, are the spots on, you on. would go where you'd like him more? If he goes to the, the Chiefs, I mean, it's an absolute smash that you're getting an ADP value. Yes. So, like, <laughs> you, you want to price that in a little bit at thirty-eight. How high do you think he gets? I think he would go to the two three turn. Maybe, but that's not. Yeah, that much you think that. there would be any corresponding fall from Kelsey if he gets pushed up that high? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, Kelsey would be more like, do I take um, Kelsey or Bijan or Kelsey or Eckler? I think people would be a little bit more like he'd be in that range. Okay. Uh, all, all the the Elijah Moore riser is just because people had the same instinct I did, which is they get to that range of wide receiver and they're like, I'm not clicking Odell Beckham. I'm not clicking Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm not clicking any of these. It has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with his yeah, circumstances. He should be falling, if anything, because Hopkins if anything, is If anything, he should be falling, but it's just because he's he has is is young and not as disappointing and gross as some of the other. Does, yeah. Like, I've even... I've backed off taking him as he's gotten more expensive because I, I mean, at a, he still might be my most drafted wide receiver. I hope he's not. Jerome Ford rising is interesting. I think it's a reminder that like sometimes the market's just sort of slow on like very obvious news. Like that this isn't even really news, but like since the combine, Matthew Barry Barry's article with with the combine rumors, Jerome Ford being the locked in number two in Cleveland was in that piece. Everything they've done since is that he's been locked in number two, and it feels like people are just like he's locked in number two. It's like we've known yeah. this for months. We, we've like known that. Yeah. Sometimes that just isn't like like known enough, or just like enough people don't care. So I don't know if you yeah, feel I like you have a strong read the, about that. I would keep the longer it, it goes with like Kareem Hunt not sign. Like I think you know during the free agency period, like when Barry did write that, and it should have been known. People are like, well, maybe Cream Hunt will come back or whatever. Like until he signs somewhere else, I'm not going to believe it. And now it's been like months, and he's still a free agent. It's like, okay, well, the Browns are pretty clearly not bringing him back. I mean, right. I think it sometimes it just take time. But you're right. I mean, it should have happened earlier. Yeah, I mean, like a guy, you know, Hubbard's not on the list this week, but he's he's definitely risen from where he used to be. But that's that's one of those ones. Singletary's another guy that did like clear number twos, and. Like, I don't know. I feel like the market eventually be like, he's the clear number two. It's like, well, well, and I mean, get him this isn't a clear number two thing, but it, talented players in an offense where it'd be good to be the backup Ty Chandler and uh, Dwayne McBride were the two guys that I said last time I was on here would rise in ADP and they're still 
last round picks, I've taken them in some of my drafts already because I, I still think that's just ridiculous. If Dalvin there was can- there was a report there was a report that came out last week that Chandler is probably the two and McBride is the guy is the outside looking in. Then McBride is going an like right seven now. rounds higher if that's the case, right? Like if Cook the, the, Silva, the, the Silva has Ty Chandler, where Silva has him, and so, right. yeah, Silva figured and Silva's out the last one, time I was on. Yeah, and Silva's one fifty. He's got him like one hundred fourteenth overall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's higher, uh, ETR on Rondell Moore or Evan Silva on Ty Chandler? <laughs> the answer is maybe actually I'm wrong. Maybe Chandler I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about Rondale. I don't know, because of the context of how bad wide receiver is. Like, I'd rather have Rondale than Juju Smith-Schuster, probably. Right. That's Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. At. It's I, a bet it's worth making. So I don't gross. think the likelihood of it hitting is high, but it is a bet worth making, as opposed to Juju. Like, is that even a bet worth making? But like, 18th round, 18th round, Greg Dortch, though. I can't, there's, I can't tell probably you. Probably also a bet worth making. I kind of like yeah. it. All right, let's why, go. Any why, other followers? We should. Yeah, why is, Josh, why is Josh Downs? falling so much because he, he should have been, he should have been going here the whole time yeah he's a third round pick did people just get people just got really excited about like the first day of rookie otas and they were like i gotta take anthony richardson and josh downs together no it's that well, wasn't he high pre- pre-draft that's what it was is that his price never corrected post-draft like he was thought like maybe he's gonna be a, a late first rounder at first then it was like well maybe he's more a second rounder the yeah. third, there was a, third a rumor the Bills were going to take him in the late first, and then they ended up taking Kincaid for the slot role. But that- exactly, exactly. So I think Hyatt is another guy who when is when is Kincaid on this list? When is Kincaid going to be on the Fallers? What are we doing with Dalton Kincaid, everybody? I don't know. They're, they're coming. He's out on the risers like, at least, right? Yeah, yeah. They're coming out. They're like, we don't even know how to use it. Pump the brakes. Like we we we're literally telling you. We don't know anything about it. Like the, the last quote was like, we got to get to know who he is. He has to get to know us. We don't even know what we're doing here. Like pump the I've bricks. gotten Dawson Knox in the 17th yeah, round. I took him already a couple times in my fast. That's the starting place. tight end for the Bills. That's an easy one for three tight end builds. Like that's an easy one. Right easy. Now. I think you, you can take too. him. I think I was going to say you could take him as a backstop to, to Kelsey or Andrews or Hawkinson. Oh, also, no problem. Easy. I think yeah. you could take him to a backstop to Njoku. Like if I have Njoku and Dawson Knox, do you guys, I'm okay. Do you guys find yourself taking David Njoku because you're sitting there on the clock in the ninth round and you're like, all these other names make me like actively ill, so I'm just gonna take David Njoku? <laughs> I do sometimes take that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Njoku goes higher than Fry Frymuth, the one that I've gotten. I like Frymuth a lot too. I took him a lot. Same range. Board. I'm sure I'll take Njoku when some of my slows get there and Frymuth goes ahead of him. But the ADP is actually Njoku higher right now. Right. Yeah, that's true. And and Farmuth falls for some reason. Like he yeah, was sitting there. I needed a running back really bad, and I couldn't take him. But he was like twenty picks past ADP in one draft. Um, too all right. easy. Too easy. Anyone else here? No, I think we're good. Uh, I felt like there was someone I said we'd talk about, and we didn't talk about. But whatever. Um, all right, stacks. These are your week seventeen game stacks. The prices of them. The. Uh, the expensive team here in purple and the cheaper team in red. You know what's uh, and a great... the cost of the, getting the full week 17 game stack here. You know what's a great game stack? The Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> yes. I feel like we're talking about this the last time I was on and had talked about it the week prior. The ADP is not doing you can get you can get the the leading receiver for the Titans. Let's so let's not even make this about Derrick Henry. You can get the leading receiver for the Titans. In the seventh round, you can get. I love Jalen Burks where he goes. 
whichever quarterback you prefer, right? Whether it be whether it be Tannehill, whether it be Levis, whether it be Stroud. You I, I, you're only taking Stroud, right? You're not taking a Titans quarterback right now. Right? I and I take a lot. I take a lot of Stroud right now. On yeah, Stroud's a good the, pick. Right now on underdog, Stroud is how much do I have? Who do you stack like him I, with? Nico, Mechie, and Nico, Nico. Mechie. You can do a little with. Schultz, honestly, you guys, Ben, you you wouldn't even uh, engage with this on ship chasing, but I am taking some Robert Woods. Yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Not. I'm not going to do that. But uh, Robert Woods is 31 years old. He's now two years removed from an ACL tear, and they gave him a lot of money, so he's going to make the team, and he's going to be out there. And yeah, he goes in like probably, the 17th, 18th. It's probably fine, but he was really bad last year. He was really bad last year. That's true, but he like, was so one year off an ACL. Maybe he. Yeah, the, the, the two-year ACL thing is, is a good call. Uh, on, on this t- table, now that I've actually done some drafts, a couple things I want to highlight. Last week on Ship Chasing, I talked a lot about liking Washington. I haven't really been able to build a ton of that, but I like where their players go in different pockets, McLaurin and Dotson and Gibson. Do you like the, Do you like preference. Howell? And then I like Howell, yeah. I actually really like Howell. I think he's like a really easy, so cheap play to, to answering the QB upside thing late because I do think they could be good. I think they're – Skill positions can be really concentrated too. They don't have a wide receiver four. They don't have like tight end two. They don't have an RB three. So like they could be like Jacksonville in that regard, how they became really concentrated last year. Like everyone, same guys are running every route, same five skill players. But what I like about it, and the reason I want to highlight it also, the Washington San Francisco thing, I have a hard time clicking just generally some of the San Francisco guys early. It's pretty steep price. And you're worried about like, oh, what if Trey Lance is I love Debo. I love yeah. Debo's price. I do like Debo and I've been taking a decent amount of him, but like to take Debo or Kittle or whatever, one of the reasons, one of the reasons I like the Washington stack even more is it gives me a reason to like take those guys. I'm like, well, this is great. I can do a backdoor Washington stack later and I'll have a one-off, you know, you can San Francisco do, early. I kind of like why the, would you, Why would you not Pur- just take Purdy? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a decent idea and I, I, I think I will in some spots. I've actually taken one Lance. I don't think I'm doing it enough. I think I need to take more Purdy. Yeah, I think Purdy does make sense. I had one that I had Debo and Kittle, and I ended up taking Lance late on a three QB build, and I was like, I should have taken Purdy. It was a fast draft, but I should have taken Purdy. But So the other one I want to highlight was Seattle-Pittsburgh. Similar vibe where I like – I don't know if I love Metcalf, but I like the Walker price. I like the Lockett price like you guys were talking about. And then Pittsburgh's a really easy one to bring back on the cheaper side. My point I'm trying to make mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. you can make the, the expensive play on some of these like concentrated, more expensive offenses, and they have a really nice, viable, concentrated, cheap bring back. You don't even need to do a full game stack, just a correlated play with Pittsburgh. You can do them in different areas of the draft. I did a lot of Seattle-Pittsburgh, man. That's when I hit Fryermuth coming back, or Pickens is in – that range where you're running out of receiver value, or even Deontay Johnson's a really nice value. Um, the so, ADP lines up really nice if you're on the back end because you can get both JSN and Lockett. You could have gotten Metcalf there. Deontay will sometimes fall all the way to the end of the seventh. So it all just kind of works. Yeah. I have several of like those combinations so far. Um, but I like these ones where there's like one expensive concentrated offense and one really cheap offense. Oh, Minnesota Green Bay is another one. Like I, I think, Pat, I, I uploaded your ranks and shuffled them around. The player that I might have shuffled the most was Romeo Dobbs. You're really low on him. I don't get it. I, I, I like I like him too. They're saying Jaden Reed's going to play slot. They've talked a lot about that. And all of the offseason stuff I've read has said Dobbs is like, it's Watson and Dobbs as their two receivers. And then Jaden Reed's going to try to compete with that. They're talking about him like he's a starting receiver. And he was really good with Jordan Love in the preseason last year. 
he's cheap. Like to get him outside the wide receiver window and, and as a correlated piece with like a Jefferson team or an Addison or a Hawkinson pick, I really like like taking him to add to my receiver depth when I like don't get enough. He's a guy that you're like, I wanted to get your thoughts on him because you're kind of low on him on your rings. Yeah, I am. I am somewhat low on him. My issue with Dobbs is that he wasn't bad last year, but he wasn't particularly good. And they just drafted a second round wide receiver who they are saying will start in the slot. But they also mentioned several times in the post-draft press conference that they don't view him as a slot only player, that they think he can play outside. And if he does show that ability, it's coming, I think, directly at the expense of Dobbs. For just sure. how given good Watson, I mean, not only was very good as a rookie, but has the draft cap behind him and adds an element to the offense that is very valuable with that deep speed. So I don't think anyway, like I, how does he come off the field, you know, compared to Dobbs? So I think Reed. That was my gives, early concern with Dobbs, but all the stuff about Reed playing the slot seems like really ingrained. Even Reed's like, I'm going to be playing a ton of slot. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll definitely start in week one doing projections. I would lock in Dobbs for a full slate of routes, playing in two wide receiver sets. The issue is like, is he even that good? And does that disappear by the end of the season? Sure. And now it's like, I've got, now I have Jordan Love's wide receiver three. I'm just like, I'm just not that into it. So yeah. Yeah. That's my concern. That's a, hey, that's maybe, a fair concern, maybe, but the maybe, price Jordan is... Love, maybe Jordan Love is awesome though. Have you thought about it? <laughs> I, I actually like do it. take some Jordan Love, but I I'm like taking take some Jordan Love too. When I get into some more of these, I like taking with Reed as kind of the, the, you know, Reed comes on down the stretch and you know kind of supercharges love a little bit and you know the offense gets a little more fun and reads the cheapest so to me i'm like i get who's the wide receiver three by the end of the year i would say i, I mean maybe i'm over overly confident in reed's ability to to get on the field but i would put it about 50 50 of who the wide receiver th- who the the number two outside wide receiver is by the end of the season so give me the cheapest bet on that I can see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think Dobbs is good and Dobbs, I mean, Dobbs answered the, like, yeah, he had shitty draft capital, but he also like got on the field and was playing and helping them score points right away. Like, I don't know. I feel like that counts for something. Yeah. Although maybe it doesn't because then they just spent like a bunch of second round picks on tight ends and, and wide receivers. Reed is cheaper than Dobbs, but it's only 21 picks. I was just looking up. I mean, Dobbs is pretty cheap, man, for like the fact that he's going to almost certainly, like you said, play a lot week one. Reed could get brought along a little bit slower. I I still like Dobbs' production profile in college more too, even though he wasn't great in year one. He did draw volume in year one, which wasn't good from an efficiency perspective. Yeah, they both have kind of interesting, not perfect, but, uh, you know, kind of like you can squint and see it production profiles. Yeah. But the draft capital just so much better for for Reed. I think if he's flashing, he's going to get chances. Yeah, um, I know. But they I, think for so I would like I would like the Rams Giants game if it was in Los Angeles. But it being in New York, I just feel like we're going to get like twenty seven Cam Akers carries. Like I honestly. got a lot of one hundred fives and in that range, and ended up with a lot of cup teams, and a, a couple of them were fast drafts. I think already, and like I. I just, I didn't want to pull the trigger on any Giants players late. I think it's really I, I, hard. Well, I like it because you can backdoor it. You can do Hyatt, Stafford, Tutu, you know, whatever. I mean, there are a billion guys, right? Hodgins could be your guy. Wandale could be your too guy. Many. 
Well, right. No, I don't. I don't. I think this is a backdoor it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the market is a tough bet to make on on the Giants, particularly. There's so many names it could be that I don't like. Yeah, I bet one of them hits, but like, what are my odds of being right here? Like, it's just it's a it's a low probability bet. It feels like. So this is this is potentially going to be a very bad week for me if Dalvin Cook signs with the Jets and DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Giants, because you know I, I have heard Giants fans being like we should sign hopkins or whatever no way why would he do i know that? i know well they would do it to just ruin this take which is that i i think isaiah hodgins is is a cut above the rest of the giants receivers because he plays the x for them he's gonna be he's he's the bigger bodied reliable guy in the intermediate area what no they, they don't have anyone build, else who does that i believed with that ex- darren waller I just did their projection and I came to the idea that they're going to play Darren Waller at X a lot and they're going to play Bellinger in, in line and they're going to do two tight end sets. They did it a decent amount last year even. They didn't even have tight end depth. I think Waller's you think Darren Waller's playing the X? I mean, he's never done that. Buddy, done that what do you think his position in yeah. college was? Well, I mean, maybe 10 years ago he did. I got it pulled up right now. He's played at least 20% of his snaps out wide every year of his career. I don't know if that's all like X necessarily. They're coming. They're like, coming. To, they're coming to a rescue against press coverage. Yeah, they're right now. I mean, he's big and fast. He can definitely play against. He press. was literally a okay. Georgia Tech wide receiver, dude. He was Calvin Johnson in college. That he played the same position, same coach. All right, Darren Waller beating press. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I don't me, know if he's honestly, good against press. I'm not isn't, like making isn't that Darren case, Waller. But... Isn't Darren Waller like the biggest candidate for dude just got paid? got traded out of a shitty situation he is just gonna chill balls as a 31 year old in new york like Very i could awesome. really just see darren waller playing eight games this year there's teddy holiday soft... vibes here for sure yes like, for soft, sure. soft tissue reports injury. have been good reports have been good on him that's so thing. far and kenny galladay reports this time last year were horrendous the new york I... giants beat reporters don't mess around Ca- they they you. called they called him i'll never forget it they called him a mannequin they called yeah they called, they called kenny galladay mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> They were right. I would say that I I I don't think um I trust Dable and uh who's the GM? Uh Shane. Joe, Joe, Joe Shane. Shane. John, yeah. yeah. I, I trust those guys more in their evaluation of, of Waller and bringing him in than the, the previous regime. And I actually think probably that that's enough of a difference where like I think they knew what they were doing when they went and got Waller. They're gonna use him intelligently. And I do think they were getting him as like a wide receiver, not as a tight end necessarily. Like more as a wide. That's if interesting. I mean, it would, chart. if you had 20% Waller primarily <clears throat> at the X and then you've got Hodgins, Hodgins also mixed into the slot some, but I don't think, but those snaps are blocked by like 80 dudes. And then they, they built the whole plane out of five, nine, 187 pounds slot wide receivers. Right. So, <laughs> so you don't need Hodgins in the slot anymore. And then you've got, I think Slayton and, Hyatt are probably your like best flanker type of options. You know, your speed threat on the outside. They Those have, guys probably cannibalize each other. They have redundancy at every spot, ultimately, is what I was putting. Like, so my little notes, I was like, they have Waller and Hodges are sort of redundant there. They have Hyatt as this high A dot guy, probably overlaps with Slayton's role some. Campbell is obviously Wondell Robinson some. And they also have Crowder. I mean, it's just like they—they have—they have. I feel like they were trying to get depth for each of their roles. And if you think about it that way, Waller and Hodgins being the same role kind of makes sense. But, but they'll be on the field good. together a lot. I think. I think they will too. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Waller will play in line some and slot some and all of that. 
Yeah, I would say, wouldn't you think he'd play slot the most? Like, that he would be in the slot primarily? Probably, but, they, but I don't feel confident about that. Right. Well, the other thing... There's so many slot options, and he's the guy that's actually big and physical. Like, if you're thinking about it from... You're in the huddle, you're like, yeah, this tiny Wando Robinson guy, this guy, we're putting him in the slot. This giant Darren Waller guy, we're going to put you on the outside. Like, well, a lot of times with the slot stuff, like, this happened with Mike Kosicki all the time, too, in uh, two years ago on the Dolphins, like... He would play in the slot, but it didn't mean that he was playing on like the left side of the formation. Like they would play a slot wide receiver on the left side and then just split out Kaseki off the line. And essentially it's a four wide receiver set, but you're using a tight end. Yeah. So I, I would imagine we see some of it because we saw how many four wide receiver sets they used in Buffalo. So I would imagine you have some of that. We essentially have two slot receivers and one of them is Darren Waller. Sure. That, and that's, yeah. And then you have Hodgins and Slayton on the outside or whatever. You have Hodgins yeah. and Slayton or, or you know, maybe you have Paris Campbell and Hyatt or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. That's right. a, yeah, the Giants are a really interesting one. That's a, that's an interesting game. To, and I think getting it right could be huge. I just – I have – Hodgins is the guy I want it to be. I have a hard time, once I did the projection, like figuring out who I actually think it will be and whether these bets are, like, the right bets to make. Waller being the, the highest-priced free agent guy – with the higher ADP as well is probably the answer. Like I, I think on some of these cup teams, I, I do take some Waller. Waller. Yeah. Waller. The nice thing about Waller too, is that you can get him in the seventh. If you get cup, you can get Waller in the seventh easily. Like he, his ADP is later in the seventh, but he's not coming back. And then that sets up Daniel Jones very easily for you. And now all of a sudden you've got a quarterback with mobility who's shown a ceiling last year. Did he show second some? year? Is this just yeah. you touting another guy that was on your winning team? I mean, you guys, I mean, I would like to point out Wando Robinson also on my team, and I don't tell Wando Robinson. So there is, and I also don't tell Sonny Michelle. So only 16 of the 18 players I drafted. Did I talk. The ones that were active. In week so, is Sony even on a team right now? You had to be active. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, but no, but Daniel Jones, yeah, he showed a ceiling. Not only. That's uh, what I meant. Week 17, he scored like 38 points for you. And then you just, he had some other. He had some other points. Uh, get another couple spike weeks other than that unless i'm losing my mind uh but you know mobility second year in the system upgrades to the skill players you know to get him he's a guy that you can do a two quarterback build with i think if you you probably need to take a guy pretty quickly after get a geno or something but you can do that pretty easily um but do by do that i mean build in a game stack cup waller daniel jones if you get locked out of some of the more exciting stuff it's just like there for you and then you can tack on stuff on the back end so easily too. Yeah. I dig it. I get it. Yeah. The other thing I think you could just do naked cup. He's one of these players I was thinking about this more, and I was like, Yeah, that game could be a dud, and Cup can still score 35 points. Like he can have 140 that's, yards. And that's ve- that, yeah, that is that is a very good point. Is that that game can have 19 points scored and cup and can to still expand that point to expand that point as I've been drafting these, I'm more comfortable doing that with the superstars. And I think the correlation and the stacks for me is more about the cheaper pieces that I'm trying to tell myself a story on. I want to correlate that stuff. And then I'm minimizing the bets I have to get right. But in the early rounds, I was thinking about some of the early stuff. Like I'm seeing AJ Brown go in the top five, which I've heard is because they want to get uh, Devonta Smith in the second, Jalen Hurts in the third. But now like you don't have any other picks until the late fourth of any other team. That's a lot of really good players, top 40 players you have zero exposure to, no ceiling built in other than that stack. I, I do think, yeah, it's going to be unique and you're going to have a lot of ceiling in that stack. But the rest of your team's going to have to be really, really good. And in all likelihood, 
you're probably going to want to be parlaying some really good players in those first couple of rounds, at least the way that I'm thinking about it. I think it's weird to pay for really expensive stacks only. I like the stacking, the correlating when it comes to cheaper pieces, and then I'm minimizing the things I have to get right. The early rounds, I almost don't want to minimize the things I have to get right. I actually want multiple guys that are like differentiating me. Like I have this combination of the three best players from the top 50 picks, right? Like, well, also some, three some players, players the top 50. some players are going to be more sensitive to correlation than others. Right. True. Also true. Like, like, so like, uh, Brandon, Ayuk, I think is a great pairing with Purdy because Ayuk mm. ceiling is it'll too. Ayuk's, right. Yeah. Right. Ayuk ceiling is like, okay, well, Purdy's got to be good. Lance can't be the quarterback. Maybe Debo gets nicked up. Maybe McCaffrey gets nicked up for whatever reason. Like, I don't think, I don't think you, I think CMC, IU Kittle is like dead. Like that team is like incapable of winning. Right. Cause it's like, if CMC is getting 31 in week 17, George Kittle had a classic George Kittle three for 37. Right. Like almost for sure. Well, I wouldn't say it's dead because Kittle could have gotten you there. You well, know, sure, and then you sure. don't need your six it, right. round pick yes. to like okay. I, I had Kittle. Like that's exactly what happened to me. Like Kittle scored 10 points in week 17. If he if I he scored a zero, I had Gasicki scored a touchdown who would have hit my lineup and it didn't wouldn't have cost me anything, but Kittle got me there. Sure. Fair enough. So it is it's price sensitive, but what you're saying about the Devontae Smith thing, I mean, that is tough because like Smith and AJ Brown weren't necessarily getting there together last year all that well. Like it was more like Smith was kind of the guy who's got a pretty high ceiling every week, but AJ Brown had the nuclear ceiling. And when he went nuclear, that wasn't necessarily a great week to have Smith all the time. But that that is a spot where uh it's it's like it got you there, so it's fine. Yeah, you know. But it's more expensive than I get what Ben's saying. Like you'd love to have ideally your first three picks all score thirty points in week sure. seventeen. And it's right. unlikely that that both those receivers score 30 points in the same In league. fact, they, they probably won't, right? Right, right. And it, I mean, if, if we're also talking about a landscape where people are correlating way more, like I'm, I'm, I'm coming into this late and I'm, so I'm sort of trying to be like, how can I differentiate? How can I find an edge that's not there? For well, instance, you're, we're still I, early on all this stuff, though, I think. I don't think I, you okay. need to, like, be outsmarting the correlation bros. Like, you can... But some of the stuff, like... I mean, I know you're not supposed to reach on correlation anyway, so if you get good value, then you do it. But, like, especially with some... And I think you guys have talked about this with the running backs, but, like, I was saying I took a lot of Ramondre. I, I think part of how Ramondre is the guy you want in the New England-Buffalo game in Week 17, there are ways that he's a part of a shootout. But, like, if, if New England actually, like, wins that game... Right? Like, and, way less, way less likely, though, right? Like, Ramondre, Ramondre... Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the same thing for Henry. Um, I think it's the same thing for uh, Kenny, Kenny Walker in Week 17 against. Oh, you're saying Sharp. it's less likely they're a part of a shootout. It's more likely they are dominating the game. And I'm, I'm saying it. I'm saying with the running backs, where a lot of their, where you're thinking about a lot of their upside being in touchdowns, and even for, even for guys who we like Ramondre, who we think will catch passes or whatever, it's still better for them to score touchdowns in this scoring system. You would, if I offered you right now, I could say Week 17. The running back you just you drafted gets four carries inside the five or eight targets. You're taking four carries inside the five 10 out of 10 times in in right. underdog scoring. Now on DraftKings, actually I think you need to I think you need to consciously be drafting a little bit differently on DraftKings because uh Saquon Barkley different. Saquon Barkley getting 12 targets in a game that the Rams end up getting ahead 
because Tutu Atwell uh, scored a 70 yard touchdown on a flea flicker on the opening play well. is uh, <laughs> that, that works. All right. Now we're to fan fiction. You guys, it's not you, even his profile, the storm, the, the Tutu. have you not been seeing the clips coming out of Rams camp, dude, they're using Tutu down the field, buddy. The storm oh, okay. is coming. All right. Are we going to call it a storm, or is it just going to be a dust bowl? Like he's this not is how, really big this is enough to deep, call a storm. He's this not is really how deep that into the, the tutu the tutu bit I'm getting. They they tw- Rams. <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh, he's a duster. You know, it's it's a light dusting. It's a light dusting. <laughs> tutu, they they did a clip. He's, a, of he's him. just a single cloud. They showed a clip of him the other day, Three drops of high pointing a ball in between, like in between two defenders. I gotta go Come find. Come on, this man! High yes. point, two two out while high pointing. Imagine, imagine, imagine! I, yeah. You're an NFL defender and you just got mossed by two two out well. You gotta just, this. you gotta take off, you gotta take off your cleats. You gotta Tutu take Atwell off your cleats and just retire. High pointing a football three yards off the off the field. <laughs> this doesn't seem viable. No, it's it was it practice. It was, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll go dig for it. I'll go dig for it. I'll find it. Oh man, it's beautiful. Point point being, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, what I was point. saying was, if I take Ramondre, <laughs> I don't feel the need to get. I mean, you're already not getting digs, and that I mean, unless you're, right somehow got it. You know, Ramondre in the third round on your digs team or something would be kind of cool. But like, you're already not getting the best piece of, of Buffalo. And it's like, I don't really feel like I have to jam Buffalo into that. I, I wouldn't mind taking a Knox or whatever and still getting some type of a little correlation there. But Ramondre is a dude that I don't like. I'm paying a lot for him. And I'm, for him to hit a ceiling, he's like, New England's good and they're running the ball and they're playing their type of football. And he's like the main guy that scores points in a lot of their games. And then in week 17, he can like, be part of the reason that Buffalo teams fail in the week 17. I want other correlations out here. And my Ramondre, you know, game is Display this video. Me. Display this video, Corrine. I want people to know I'm not making oh, this up. Yeah, It's how? real. I just, I what, put it in our private chat. Oh, private chat. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just, I want, I, but Ben, I think to your point, I just think the idea is you just need to be conscious of the correlations you're making. It's just not enough that two yeah, guys yeah. are playing each other. Like, for example, can't really think of a worse correlation than Derrick Henry and Damian Pierce. The chances of those two guys right. both getting there in weeks, That's it's like, it's literally impossible. Look at this play. Oh, come on. Come on. Moss <laughs> anybody? He, this isn't, he didn't even jump. It's body control, dude. I'm not bossing anybody. You guys, you guys are you guys are full of shit. That is a very impressive. He's right, out so in it, front of him, out in front of the defenders. It's a little underthrown, and he just like catches it, and they're not. This kidding. is this is him mossing someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who is he mossing For, here? I, two practice squad defensive backs. They didn't turn their heads either of them. They didn't even they didn't even look at the ball. If you guys are not going to give Tutu credit for making this play, you are you cannot be trusted. You can no, you, you cannot This is not you cannot you cannot I cannot trust you guys to give level-headed analysis on him if you can't count this as a good play. His legs I'm taking Tutu at well. I'm not even anti Tutu at well. He's stepping. All right, so That is I mean, a high that is a high point. Well, for Tutu at well it is. For Tutu at well that is a high point. He got it at the the height of the referee. Yeah, head. you're right. This is a high point for Tutu Atwell, <laughs> and he's barely above the defender. 
that's the, the that's the thesis. That's right. What you're watching, what you're watching is is the thesis. Uh, okay. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, I want to just circle back to Ben's point on cheap correlation because I think it's a good one. Uh, I think if you're betting on a bunch of guys from the same team, the Texans are one that I like for this. You know, you just kind of can scoop up a bunch of cheap dudes or whatever. And and you're getting you're getting not only the week 17 stuff but just like what if the Texans are like the right. 18th best offense exactly. in the NFL. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What if the Texans are decent? And then this is this is something with the week 17 stuff like you do not need to be perfect in week 17. I think you can basically be you can be directionally accurate like you know, if you correctly predict that there are points in that game and that there are going to be like touchdowns from cheap players in you're that game so hard not to use the example from your team last year i i don't even remember what you're talking about but, uh, <laughs> Look at that smile. <laughs> i don't remember it i don't it was, remember it was the brady you didn't have evans no it wasn't brady no it wasn't brady you didn't have evans right it was I didn't have evans. I had godwin no you had godwin not evans and evans was the smash but you but had that's brady not what i mean i'm talking about taking guys like in the super late rounds where you can like a couple of them don't do anything, but some of them do. And yeah. it's, and you, you happen to be in the right game environment or betting on the right offense. Like that offense, we saw this with the Jaguars last year, who I didn't draft on my team. And, you know, the Jaguars, they all kind of got there with cheaper ADPs. And, you know, then it wasn't week 17 because Lawrence had a dud, but, you know, Zay Jones had an absolute smash week in week 15. You know, if that, if that had been week 16, right? Like, or week 17, then, you would have absolutely had to have Zay Jones. So yeah, some of this stuff, obviously it's just like highly variant, but if you bet on a bunch of guys from the same offense at really cheap costs, then you benefit if they all get there together over the course of the season. And then if there's points in their week 17 games, you have a bunch of different outs to being yeah. you know, on the right guy. The reason I'm giving you crap about that is I actually was thinking about this when I was mocking up this take. Cause I was like, that's how Pat's team was built. Like your stacks were the cheaper stacks. And we talk about stacks. And when we talk about it like DFS, we talk about, limiting the number of things you get right. But we also talk in DFS sometimes about how it's very difficult to pay for the really high, like to pay for Mahomes, Tyreek and Kelsey a couple of years ago was really tough because mm-hmm. you were like, mm-hmm. you so much of your, of your salary cap on that really expensive stack. Yeah. I could differentiate you, but you still probably didn't win because you can't get enough ceiling out of the rest of your salary cap. Like it's not that easy to do in, in DFS to build a lineup. And it's similar from a, like, like Davis was saying earlier, if we think about it, like an auction dollars, you're using 50% of your auction dollars when you go one, two, three in the same offense. The rest of your draft is like, there's just not enough uh, upside in the rest of that. Anyway, you're missing out on a lot of other opportunity costs on high price players in the, in the early rounds. It's the same as, you know, DFS. You're not able to pay for a lot of other high price players when your one stack takes up half your cap. So um, I think that getting, getting fewer things right applies on the, thinner bets more than it does on all the good bets. Like ADP is pretty sharp on the top 50. Like all of those are good bets independent of correlating. Like those are going to here's, be good. Here's one spot where I would, it's sort of, I don't think I'm even disagreeing, but it's just a different thing. If you are taking the elite quarterbacks <laughs> that you're going to want them to have, particularly, I mean, if you're betting on like Mahomes or Burrow, like they're not getting their solo. Like they're getting, you their cannot risk. have those guys unstacked. Yeah. The difference oh, in, the difference in best ball versus DFS is that in DFS, you have to choose between Valdez Scantling, Richie James, Justin Watson, Kadarius, Tony, right, uh, Sky right. Moore, Rasheed Rice. Whereas in, I mean, theoretically you could literally take 
four Chiefs wide receivers, like after pick 110. 100%. 100%. I'm cool with that. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense, I think. If you're going to take Mahomes and then just go load up. I I don't actually think it's good because, like, not all those guys can make the team, right? Although, I guess. Well, not when when Justin Ross is active, yeah. (laughs) The Justin Ross OP. Let's do it. I mean, if Justin Ross makes the team, Justin Watson can't be on the team, right? It's it's right, right. And didn't they give him like almost as much money as you made last year, guaranteed? I don't know. I feel like they guaranteed his contract. Did they really? The other thing is, I actually just isn't Richie James a punt returner? Or am I, I misremembering so. that? I th- so that right as as that. someone as someone who was forced to watch Sky Moore Sky return, Moore. Yeah. as someone who was forced to watch Sky Moore return punts last year, I feel like Richie James just being a competent punt returner might make it much more likely than the market is saying right now that he makes the team because the Chiefs straight up lost a game against the Colts in the regular season because of their special teams. Dude, I don't. I, think, I don't. I think. I don't Richie think they're going to do that sharp again. Take. I think he's going to make the team, and I like drafting him. Like, well, I was if mad he makes, took if him I, like I, I have, of- I have bad news for, uh, for Ship It Nation, which is that if Richie James makes the team, <clears throat> Sky Moore is gonna have a, a rough year too. I think. That so, was I so mean, good I- on uh, <laughs> the Soul Cast the Kitchen <laughs> called Ship Chasing Ship It Nation. It's so good. I'm, I'm gonna steal it because it's so funny. Uh, I mean, although I was talking to Eric Eager, uh, from Sumer Sports the other day. He actually, because he's not as in the weeds with the, the fantasy nerd stuff, so he he wasn't as angry at Sky Moore right. not producing in year one. He actually gave a kind of bullish take on Sky yeah. Moore. I, I, I know. I, I listened I, to that. It was a good show. Sky Moore is definitely a good pick right now. He is. I, I, I was all the way out like three weeks ago, and the more I've thought about it, this is where I've landed, which is that there's actually really no difference between Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. It's just whichever one – like if, if either of them happens to be good – it's you're you're gonna get rewarded like if Sky Moore can earn 120 targets this year. It's my like, bigger thing, it's, yeah, that's, it's races. possible. My bigger thing on the more is again this wide receiver window that slams shut. There are precious few profiles after the ninth or tenth round, right? And you could if you didn't get enough receiver depth, I I absolutely think Sky Moore is a viable like wide receiver. Four it's a reason to get that wide receiver depth though. Yes, it's not. Fair. It's not something you want to have to depend on. It's not on an Sky easy bet to make, but it does have the the requisite upside that can can fix a build basically. And there's not a lot of guys at that point that have that type of upside. Like, it's possible. You go. Uh, the, the thing that sold me earlier in the offseason was somebody, and I, I can't remember who to credit, but somebody saying basically all throughout Andy Reid's entire coaching career, he's never had a rookie receiver do anything. Like, he's never pushed rookie receivers into big roles. For like dating back to the Eagles. It's taken time to learn the offense and those things. And and the yeah, thing about except, Sky Moore, except for Hardman, just, Hardman actually played more as a rookie than in any other year of his career. But that was due to a Tyree kill injury and a very specific skill set. And it was a, you know we need yes, speed in sure. our offense. Yeah. And then and then when Tyree kill came back, Hardman's role like completely dissipated, even though he had been producing. Well, sucked I, I would say one could argue the Chiefs having zero good wide receivers last year would have been a good reason to play Sky more. Like they're they're out there. Like there was a there was a stretch where Marcus Kemp was getting snaps and Sky Moore was on the bench. Yeah, it's yeah. no, it's definitely and weird. Juju Juju right. stunk last year. Like 
he had a that well, one stretch where you're like, okay, a little, a little bit of like... a revisionist history. He got hurt and then he stunk. He right, got right. he got injured in like I want to say week seven and kept playing, but it was like he he was irredeemable after that point. Yeah, I mean, right. It may be unfair to Juju, the professional wide receiver, but I don't think unfair to the idea that like no, this no, guy no, had a window to yes. get on the field and didn't yes. take it. Yes. I don't know correct. what you guys are talking about. He scored a touchdown on this game, you know, game winning Super Bowl touchdown. I don't well, know so did like, so did it was so did Tony and the other. Well, the play was called scored, for Tony. It was good. They were I I one one thing that keeps coming this is not, not fantasy football related, but if Scott if Tony would have just scored that touchdown, the punt return, instead of getting tackled on the four, all of us win our hundred to one Kadarius Tony Super Bowl MVP bets and We'd all have a lot more money, no, and Mahomes just... still would have won it, and you would have been just no, as bad as a Damian Williams one. You no, you think <laughs> that, you think that, Gretch. But what would Kadarius Tony's touchdown have been? First punt return touchdown ever in the history of the Super Bowl. I love how much Bo- the voters, the voters are giving it to him for that. He had one other touch, one target, one four snaps, four touchdowns, five snaps. He four touchdowns. Ran guys, five rounds. Guys, I don't know how many. You snaps. Guys, You're not giving him the MVP on five snaps over Mahomes. You guys have got to get in the mind of a Super Bowl MVP NFL voter. <laughs> you got to get in their mind. That's a Percy Harvin take, and they gave it to Malcolm Brown in that Seahawks Super Bowl. They gave it to Malcolm Brown because he made, like, one of the most memorable plays in NFL history. What was it? I mean, that's that's true. I don't remember. The freaking interception. The interception. No, that wasn't in the Super Bowl. That was in the NFC Championship game against the Niners when Richard Sherman tipped it to him. No, no, no. But he still won Super Bowl No, when he read the play. Are you – Gretch, are you drunk? They weren't even When they didn't run the ball – have you blocked this out when they didn't run the ball with Marshawn Lynch and they passed it and he intercepted it? Malcolm Brown. I'm oh, talking was the one Malcolm. who intercepted You're talking about Malcolm ball. Butler. You're talking about Malcolm Butler. You guys are talking about Malcolm Butler. I'm talking about not – oh, I said Malcolm Brown. Who am I thinking of? Who was that? I have no idea who you're talking about. Bobby Wagner? No. Who won Super Bowl MVP for the Seahawks? It was a linebacker. Uh, well, I, I don't – I literally do not – I literally do not remember this. <laughs> Uh, 2013 Super Bowl, the MVP. Did they not listen on Pro Football Reference? What the hell was his name? I'm looking oh, up how guys, many snaps Kadarius Tony guys, played in the Super Bowl. 80, Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith. Not Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Smith. They gave it to Malcolm, him over. Malcolm over. Brown. We're, we're, we're so far off the rails. Malcolm Brown was the Rams <laughs> running back. Who scored two touchdowns in Week One in 2018? Because weren't, weren't there two Malcolm Browns though? That's why I let it go because there were. Yes. I was like, oh, yes. there's two Malcolm Browns, so one, so not the running back must have won. Oh the MVP. my I don't god, know. dude! Malcolm All Smith. Right. He had an interception return for a TD. That's uh, there. That's right, there man. is there is a chance that this show has jumped the shark. Inclu- <laughs> including, just to circle this back to this, including two punt returns. Kadarius Tony played seven snaps in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm just telling you guys, I feel with a 100% degree of certainty if he scored the first punt return touchdown in NFL history to tilt that game, which it did. The return did anyway. He's winning Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> I don't care. You can't tell me any differently. <laughs> you can't tell me any different. 100% certainty. <laughs> You All gotta right. get. I mean, we're just playing. We have we're we're doing. We're doing a worse full. version of. We're doing a worse version of. Remember that guy, which is remember that NFL play. Yeah. <laughs> remember that play. Remember, <laughs> remember that play that almost won me money. 
Let's move to slide four. We are now halfway through the slides. Uh, we are going to the double stack average ADPs. <laughs> Anything jump out here? Because uh, you should not have had me on after the weekend where I like, went on a vacation and got a draft. Under no, I mean, it's actually been amazing, but way too so, much hasn't been a short do you guys, Do you guys like taking Aaron Rodgers with uh, Garrett Wilson, or do you just like to let the vibes dictate? Because I, I don't like taking Aaron Rodgers. Really. I have not drafted him yet. I, I I'll take him some. I mean, I because I don't I don't love clicking Lazard because I think oh he's yeah like I hate what, he's Lazard. like one of the most useless players in the NFL. But I also don't like clicking McCole Hardman, who I think actually right. has a use in this yeah. offense. But, but he's gonna be he's gonna be part time for sure. He's gonna be yeah. he's gonna be like all right. With third and seven, we need a guy to like do this gadgety when, thing. When he can get us five yards the first on third and second half. I want to take a deep shot. They go have my, you know like he does that sometimes. They go have me go yeah. hard really far downfield like the christian watson from last year early early christian watson yeah, yeah. just throw him a deep pass first play of the season he dropped that long touchdown right that'll be Nicole hartman running that chat right. chat he has this him. right which is that conklin is the right guy to back conklin is conklin's the, the right guy conklin's yeah. the right guy yeah but um, i hate the brown side of that too i don't particularly like being in on the browns at any of their prices you know you know what so garrett wilson's I, another one that i think as an early round guy you can be like he's just gonna smash even if he doesn't have like a shootout week 17 he's gonna have a 15 target game you can tell yourself that story i think here's a stack i'm, I'm like purposely going into drafts trying to get the new orleans saints they have this easy ass schedule they play 11 dome games and they play a team that is going to be unequivocally have given up by week 17 in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like Alave, Derek Carr. And it's like Carr sucks, obviously, but he has, yeah, he's, he's cheap, always, pa he's padded his numbers always too. Right. I mean, but like, you can't take Taysom in this. Yes, you can. Why can't yes, no, you? Yes, you can. No, yes, you can. can. Yes, no. you can. The Taysom, Taysom is an anti-Carr play. He's an no. anti car. No, he's not. No, he's yeah, not. He's a running he's, back. Even if he's just scoring the rushing touchdowns, that's not good for Carr's ceiling. What if he catches a touchdown? What if he okay, throws he caught one? He like three balls last year. That's what if he throws stuff. one to Derek Carr? Have you gamed that out? Have you thought about that? Man, this this is a bad take. You can draft Rashad Penny so, and Jalen Hurts together. You can draft this is so left Andre Miller so and Derek Carr together. IQ curve. Yeah. He's a running back with tight I'd rather take Juwan Johnson at the same ADP. Like they're right next to each other, basically. No, give me the one Johnson literally in a million years. You could run a million simulations, he will never have one game that would match the highest projected Taysom game. <laughs> Wait, what? The human, we get the highest, the highest, projected literally ceiling in a game million games. I was you so could, excited for this take, but it kind of, I kind of, confused you could, at the end. you could use all of humanity's computing power that we're currently <laughs> using to fund ChatGPT to run as many simulations as you want, and you could never. Get a distribution curve where Juwan Johnson's highest projected ceiling game is higher than Taysom's high. It is true. It is a hundred. Davis just pulled up Chat Taysom Hill, and it's factually true. Taysom had a forty burger last year in a year where everyone said, "Oh, he's dead." You know, he's only Sean Payton's toy. Once Dennis Allen was being held back by Payton. I'm not arguing against Taysom ceiling. Juwan Johnson had a multiple touchdown two multiple touchdown games last year like why, why couldn't in a million simulations he couldn't have a four td game i, I no. just don't buy that no we could use we could mine every last 
power giving resource on earth to try and get Juwan Johnson to that ceiling, and we could not do it. We, there's not enough power that we could give a computing soft, you know, a mainframe to get Juwan Johnson to a four touchdown game. Okay, Sorry, back- I ran the Sims, Gretch. I couldn't get him there. I tried. <laughs> back to uh, I, I want to say this I've not, never really been an Alave guy. I think I drafted more Lava than anyone. I got a lot of like oh. 104s, 105s, and 106s. He just falls in a range where it's so easy to click him. He's the last like really comfy receiver. I love taking yeah. him there. I love I just, taking I him a lot. I have a lot of fun of a lot. Dude, yeah. he was going in the third round of the big board. I was just hammering him. And even in the late second, I, I love it. So I like Davis's call also about this game where I've got, I got, as mentioned earlier, I've gotten a lot of cup teams and a lot of Tyreek teams, and I have a lot of cup Alave. And then I have. I know in my fast, I had two cars out of my five fast. Uh, I took some Juwan. I did take some Taysom late. I took Kendra Miller. Um, and who they play against? Sorry. Oh, oh Tampa. I love I love Godwin's price right now, too. So, how like, sick, Tampa's how an easy one to get into. are people going to be when Kate Otten gets 16 checkdowns no. in that game? Dude, against I'm the drafting Saints? Kate Otten. Kate yeah. Otten is going to run, like, uh, 75 to 80% route rate. There's no one else there. He's the There's veteran. There's no one else there. He's the. Yeah. They're, like, talking him up, like, Dude, he's bringing like this veteran leadership to the room. He's a second yeah. year tight end. <laughs> he's the veteran leader. <laughs> okay, but he's speaking so hard. Speaking of bad quarterback clips, per out run last year 0.84 yards per out run. Like he was bad last year. Yeah, whole, but give me the, the routes. The, 18th yeah, round. I'm gonna routes. get the routes. I'm just getting the routes. Like this uh, is my this is my Washington Husky, and like he wasn't that great of a prospect either. No, I mean, wasn't. I think you're talking about Godwin and Evans, and then even like I think Russell Gage is like when is the when is the yearly Russell Gage, Gage earlier is a good pick. When is the yearly Russell Gage pump gonna happen? There's always a time where where the market yeah. gets irrationally exuberant about Russell Gage. Like you can just you can just set your watch by that. That's coming. when I touted Robert Woods. Russell Gage was mentioned in the comments. Um, so they're they're of yeah. the same ilk. I yeah, want to believe in Otten again, like as a Husky fan, but like the dude. He had like a good sophomore year, and then there was a lot of hype around him at, at, in college. Of his junior or senior, year, he didn't do anything. Like he was just never that good in college. Yeah, but most tight ends suck. And so yeah. if I'm getting, I'm getting a guy who's like base, basically does not have competition on a team that's going to have to pass a lot and probably check down a lot. Like I don't know, it seems pretty. There good are there are two awesome. tight ends that feel good to draft. Two, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. After that, you can basically say all the rest of them. Oh. Have a real problem. I'm it feels pretty good to draft six round Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is still giving me that. <laughs> does it? Does yeah. it? Does that? Does that feel good? It does. actually does, does feel good, feel good to me. Does. Yes. It feels like I mean, I'm I, getting everything that last year like sucked. I'm getting it all back when I get to take him in the sixth round. Don't it's like, don't oh, get me I'm, wrong. I'm clicking him. I'm feeling good about it. But is it really going to surprise me if Racy McMath, you know, outscore? Like who's the who's the second Matt tight end on the Falcons now? Oh. Well, Racy McCann is a wide receiver, isn't it? John Smith. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, John Smith, week one, three targets, three receptions, 14 yards, two touchdowns. Put right at me. That's happening. Like, just like I, I'd completely forgotten that. Just it's happening, right? Just, I, so his entire stat line for the receiver. Patriots in one game. Is that what you're saying? Well, I got yeah. another take for you guys. I got another good take for you guys. Kyle Pitts is playing receiver as part of this. Cordero Patterson is the best last round pick in, in all of this. Yes. Yes, he is. He's going to yeah. play wide receiver. They did this a lot with him two years ago. Mm-hmm. They they signed Bijan. Yes. They have Tyler Algier. No one wants Patterson because he's a running back now. 
they liked he was always a weapon he was never a volume guy a weapon that they were using creatively down there Arthur Smith has liked using him creatively. Their number two receiver is Mac Hollins. They have Scott Miller as their like third receiver. They're splitting Cordero Patterson out in two running back sets with Bijan on the field, and he's running posts. And he's gonna have fair, a three catch, to no one. sixty yard and TD get one TD game and be very viable in your zero RB build. Cordero Patterson is thirty two years old. I, yeah. I do think that factors in here a bit. Nah, he can still run. Greatest greatest kick returner in NFL history. He's fine. Dude's he playing wide receiver this year as a running. He's back like, player. he's like, he, think of him the way you think of like. <laughs> we got someone in the chat with twenty six percent quarter. That guy knows what's up or gal. Yeah, he's a good pick. He's a, <laughs> and and the other thing is, even if you think that they're just gonna cut him to save cap or whatever, guarantee that dude signs with the team like immediately. Yeah, although he could literally just be a kick returner on another team. Like I the, don't think the they're gonna shallow cut depth him. chart is helpful here. What have they done in the last two years to make us think they would cut this player that they've like routinely treated as one of their like two or three most like focal points of their offense when he's healthy? They've Cutting him would save about three million dollars. Yeah, he he would be he would save he would save them money. And but they have um, to spend on what? What do they need it for? Yeah, why do they need the space? Well, what if what if they get Tannehill and they need they need to create mm-hmm. some cap room to take his contract in? That's, I mean, that's okay. That's possible. Although everyone keeps saying that, like it's just like we're like, oh yeah, Tannehill's gonna be the quarterback of the Falcons. And like it's June 5th, dude. 90, 98 days away from kickoff. Yeah, I don't think yeah, it's it's getting very unlikely at this point. So like what is what's happening with that? I think Tannehill has actually been a decent fantasy entity when he's been a starting quarterback before. It's Mariota Ritter, isn't it? I mean, they're gonna do the same thing. But but Tannehill's way better than Late stage Marcus Mariota, for sure. I but also, Levis is probably Titans better than Ritter, who sucks. I feel like Titans. Oh, oh, you're, that's what you're talking about. It's Mariota Ritter in Tennessee with Tannehill in Tennessee. Yeah, I feel yeah, like the bridge. It's a yeah. bridge court. He's he's going to get treated as a bridge quarterback. They're I think he might play the whole the year, year, though. That would be pretty. He would be kind of a nice pick if he played the. Yeah. I mean, but I think he has an okay payoff. Semi semi mobile. He's yeah. shown a weekly ceiling over the course of his career. He's and old Burks now. could be a legit breakout number one. Wide, I mean, they could actually have some. Passing. Who is this? Who's the second wide receiver for Westbrook and Kenny? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> they Still? signed somebody. Kyle Phillips out of the slot, and then I think they signed someone. Uh, who it Chris is? Chris Moore. Nope. <laughs> Chris Moore. That's who it is. Yeah, it's Chris Moore. That's what I was thinking. Nah, really? Dude. Uh, okay. All right. I'm I I'm not doing the tail thing. I just completely <laughs> out of it. There's, he heard there's these no... names and he's like, I'm out, I'm out on this. Day. Like they're they're wider. Dude, Racy McMath is on this step chart. <laughs> Oconquo. Can Oconquo get you back in? Burks Oconquo is a pretty good one too. No. No. Right. no. What about Trevin Chig- Wesco? Any any interest there? <laughs> <laughs> It's worse. It's worse than I could have possibly imagined. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say two. Sense. I'm going to say two players. One of them is a defensive player for the Titans, and one of them is one of the wide receivers listed on their depth chart. And you have to oh tell me God. which is which. Okay. 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 Zach McLeod or Kiaris Jackson. Kiaris Jackson is a defensive ass name. Ben. I, I, I Ray Ray McLeod was a receiver at one point. I'll take Zach McLeod's the wide receiver. Zach McLeod plays linebacker. 
Oh, I oh. went to the opposite of Davis, and now we both got it wrong. All right, I'm going to do it. one more, one more. Okay. Treshawn Harrison or Otis Reese? Oh, Reese is oh, the receiver. Oh, for, Otis, receiver. Otis is a wide receiver name. Yeah. Otis Reese is also a linebacker. No! Oh. <laughs> we can't win. We can't win. The game, the game is rigged. Could be a rough year for the Titans. We got them both wrong. Both times. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that was amazing. All right, let's move on to slide five. <laughs> uh, expensive team level ADPs. This is, what, so the Jets are really cheap. I guess because if you're, how can that be? Because they're starting, their wide receiver two, wide receiver three, and tight end are like free. Right. And pretty decent odds to win the Super Bowl. So and like this is also a little bit misleading because Mahomes and Kelsey are like first and second round picks, roughly. But you know, Rasheed Rice is a thirteenth round pick. Right. Um, the team, the team that I feel most confident a stack is not going to win Best Ball Mania Four is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Absolutely, absolutely no chance that Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk both pay off. Like sub five percent probability. That feels right to me because both are target earners, right? Like both are getting there on volume. Also, I think yep. Evan Ingram, really, really pricey for an underneath high volume play. Like that's how man, like the dude, the dude had a 37 burger, but other outside of that week, he was just Evan Ingram. Like he was Evan yeah. Ingram every other week of the season. Yeah. And guys were banged up that week. Like he soaked up volume. He can soak up volume occasionally, but like, the volume just got harder to soak up. He's Calvin not, really he's not a, he's not an earner, right? He's, he's no. a, he's a compiler. He's a compiler. He's a compiler. Yeah. Yeah. He's a high end compiler. I don't, I don't get his ADP at all, except people just want to bet on the Jaguars. No, I, I get it. I get it because that range of the draft where he goes is so dust and you want, you know, you want to be taking Jag, like you, like what, like also it's like a turn thing. Like you can take Lawrence and then immediately take Ingram too. That's mm -hmm. also part of it. That right. that more than anything, I think, is is really Bowie's ADPs is the ability to to complete the stack within like six or seven picks of each other. Right. But so yeah. I, I was thinking about this as <clears throat> I was, you know, kind of familiarizing myself with the ADPs. And I've heard Pat you say this as well. But you were also saying like we're a little bit early on these like super stacks and stuff. Like I, I are that many people thinking of these stacks as much as we think they are? Teammate like stacks a hundred percent. I think so. Okay. On the teammate stuff, yeah. All right. But what I'm what I meant more is that like I think most people aren't really thoughtfully correlating week 17. That well, and maybe they are right now, but this is a big tournament. And so if you thoughtfully correlate week 17 on your teams that you're drafting in June, hopefully that team's competing against a bunch of teams in week 15 and 16 that were drafted later on you know yeah. so i still think you're you, i still think it provides a pretty big edge for um and, and obviously you for the scope of the whole helps in week 17 yeah you get what, through like, you the, get through the tournament's only like what like, like not even a quarter filled how, how big is how filled is i think PDM? that's right it's like 15 percent right now yeah yeah i yeah. remember looking at it and i was like oh i thought it was a little bit more filled probably and most I drafts will be in august and yeah. yeah, I think it's filling faster, just neither here nor there, but I think it's filling faster than they kind of wanted it to. Be, and I think that's why they keep launching these secondary things. I think that's why we're getting like the puppy two on May 30th is because I think they were like, 
we we don't really want it to be 15% full on June 1st or whatever. <laughs> that is too full, yeah. But how many people like have is it because people are just firing at it right now and they're going to use up all their bullets or is right. it Right, there's something to be said about 150 bullets and a lot of people are using a lot of them. Yeah, no, I think I think it's that I th- honestly it's it's like people like me where it's like if I if I roast all my bullets out, you know, if my bullets are done by August 1st, I'm probably going to be less incentivized to get on the app every day and and do puppies or pickums or whatever like they want they, i think they would prefer people to just be on the app every yeah. single day that's yeah. fair i already feel that i did a lot <clears throat> i did a lot more puppies and I, I did more chow chows than i intend to thinking i'm gonna have the rest of the summer to make more trips to oregon and do more bbms like i want to get th- this earlier davis you said when you do five you do four puppies and one bbm of the five fast i did it four puppies one bbm Yep. And of the slows I did, I, I think I still have more puppies. Obviously, they're cheaper, too, so it's easy to just fire a bunch of them. I think I have, like, I have more than 10 BBMs going. I think I have, like, 12 or something, and then closer to 20 puppies. That's how that's how God intended it. <laughs> uh, question here, William John's asking, if we talked about which ADPs are the most distorted by stacking, which is, we kind of haven't, I guess, and this would be kind of a interesting part of the show to do that because we've got the cheap adps um but the expensive adps is where you would probably see the distortion um i mean last year i what was it last year it was who did the 49ers play in week 17 last year 49ers played the raiders yeah debo adams was that's a really that's popular that's not player. it it's one year, one year, it was DJ Moore was tied to whoever was going first overall, and he would just would not budge from the spot. I remember that. Christian McCaffrey was what was one on one, and he was a two three turn, wasn't it? Yeah, DJ Moore was. But was two, that was turn. that was that two years ago though? Probably two years ago because they. So the Saints played the Panthers in twenty twenty one. Well, I think it was Panthers Panthers. It was McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Wait, no, this that's, is January that's, 3rd, that's why my that's why my brain is breaking. That's what it is. Yes, Gretch is right. It's because they Panthers, it, was, Panthers. it was Panthers, Panthers. Um let's see what what oh I mean I think Lamar and Mark Andrews are are pretty tied in there together. Like there's but both those are good ADPs. I don't think that's a distortion. Well, we're right, but we're saying we're saying, oh well, fair enough. But I'm like a, a, a Lamar fall, I think is impossible because the Andrews team is taking Lamar when he's there. Yeah. 100% of the time. Um I think Kirk is pretty I think Kirk is pretty distorted. I I would I would take Pittman, Godwin, and Jigba, Ayuk and Lockett, I think all ahead of him. Maybe maybe that's just me though. No, I think you're right. I don't have Kirk very high either. I but I don't like Kirk all that much, but I will take him there cuz it's like I don't think I've taken him yet. But Kirk <laughs> Kirk goes 49 and then Lawrence is the backstop in the next round or or if he falls, right? Well, so one thing that I'll do is I'll take DJ Moore at the end of the fourth and hope to get Fields coming back. And if he doesn't sure. get Fields, if like if Fields doesn't come back, right? Yeah. That means okay, if I've done that, it's it's usually because I have Burrow for cover and the Chase guy is behind me. Like I'm at the 103 or the 104. So I've sure. got Chase there. Mahomes is already gone. Maybe one other elite quarterback's gone. So I'm like, there's only one other non-Burrow guy who needs a quarterback. So it's comes down to whether or not he takes naked fields. If he takes naked fields, you can then, if Lawrence falls all the way back to you at the end of the sixth, you can push him around the corner again 
and get right. really late seventh round Lawrence, it allows you to take your pick of the wide receiver in the sixth. And so that's one reason I've taken Kirk. I've, I've gone more sniped on fields, take Kirk to set myself up to push for late seventh round Lawrence, not late seventh round, sorry, early seventh round Lawrence. Um, and basically make those quarterback drafters on the turn pay for having a quarterback and not being able to scoop Lawrence. It's worked. It's worked once and it was pretty great. <laughs> Are you, I, that's a, I mean, we haven't talked about that yet at all this year, but like, I do think, uh, Bindford talks about this is just like when you, when, when there's a 10% chance of the guy you need to make it back to you at your next pick, deferring on that more often than not, just to try and get the giga team to try and get the super team where you've got, you know, four outrageous ADP values all together on the same team or whatever. I, I tend to do it. That's plus EV to try to try to smash the draft. I think it, it is, I think plus EV. And I, I think it's especially plus EV when you have a reason, when you can see Sam, we're, we're so late here that Sam's actually joined. Hey! Wow. Looks like things are just on schedule here. Two hours. <laughs> yeah, we we got the we got the slide. And please help us. Let us. <laughs> uh, we're talking about trying to push your quarterback picks. Um, the the one re, like one reason to push your quarterback picks is if you can see on the turn all these guys have quarterbacks, and taking the quarterback here would be a bad pick for them because then you get the at least if they snipe you, you're like at least like well this team's probably less competitive now. Right. Mm. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next chart and uh, Sam talk us through it. Uh, yeah. Cheap teams. Arizona uh, obviously gets tanked with Hopkins uh, being released. So they're way cheaper now. Uh, not, I, I haven't caught any of the show. So apologies if I'm rehashing old debates. But uh, curious your guys' thoughts on Rondale. Uh, like now, we Arizona, talked about Rondale. We did. You we talked did, okay. We did about, okay. yeah, we did about thirty. We yeah, did about okay. thirty minutes on Rondale. Two yeah, we hit the point. two hour mark, so we can't re talk about. Rondale. Okay, okay, we won't talk about Rondale, but yeah, um, the Patriots, Patriot stack, uh, still the absolute dirt cheapest. I think we've talked that one. Uh, we're and we're to starting that. to get no, we're starting to get news on this though that people are starting to realize that the Gasicki Hunter Henry ADPs need to be flip flopped. They need we're, to be like. Like Gasicki, yeah. Gasicki, there was Thorman tweeted this yesterday or maybe yeah. two days ago. That Gisicki's a wide receiver, yeah. He's practicing, he's in the wide receiver room. So like Hunter Henry but is about to also just... and he said this is a Hunter Henry tweet, and he's right. That's a good argument for taking Hunter Henry at price. I think it's also an argument for Gasicki at price. I think they're both really good. I mean, you're still getting tight end upside really late in either case. I think you could take either of them. I Gisicki's think he's gonna yeah. play wide receiver. It's just like the Dawson Knox thing to a degree. I mean, not not really just like the Dawson Knox thing, but I think Hunter Henry needs, like- yeah, Hunter Henry needs to come up. But yeah, I agree with you, Gretch. I think Kasiki is like fine where, he, like, if he's playing wide receiver and you know, even if he's like a fifty percent snap player and plays mostly slot wide receiver, he could get what five hundred fifty yards and six touchdowns or something like that's fine in the seventeenth round. Um, Him, Henry. Thornton and Mac are all super cheap. Like I don't want to take Juju. I want to stack that game through those four in the last like three rounds. Is is the biggest edge in best ball right now that the Patriots were a top five offense in DVOA two years ago, didn't have an offensive coordinator last year, and then have an offensive coordinator. <laughs> it honestly, now. might be one of the yeah, is, I, I think, I think it, it, it might actually it, it might actually be the biggest edge in fantasy football right now. Man, talking through this, like if Gesicki's really going to play wide receiver, if you're going to do like a three tight end build late round, you could do, I, I bet the Gesicki Henry Mac stack 
double stack is super differentiated. You get two different tight ends. If they really do play different positions, like now you're double stacked with a wide receiver and a tight end, but you get tight end eligibility from both. It's kind of a fun. I'm going to do that at some point. I've been taking a lot of New England, like last three picks doing like Thornton, Henry, uh, Mac, whatever. But yeah, I, I guess my question for you guys is like, in a in a build where you need a third quarterback, I I guess I I get taking Mac Jones, but I guess I question sometimes in the round eighteen pick, like if I have if I've scooped three Patriots for cheap already, like do I really need the Mac Jones piece of it, or should I just stack the Pats without I, without him? That, yeah, I don't who, know. what are your other quarter? Like if you have Herbert and Geno Smith, I would say don't what what does Mac yeah. Jones do for this team? Yeah, that's fair. honestly if Jones is yeah. bad, there's some low key Bailey Zappy risk. Right, like that's probably not being discussed. No, it's it's high key if, if Mac Jones is bad. But the thesis right. we're saying is that Mac Jones was actually always fine, and it was the Patriots organization's fault for not paying sure for an offensive coordinator for a, and instead for a, having for Matt a Patricia do it. To do the, oh, you mean for <laughs> offense coordinator? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like we're just having having a contractor come in and like restructure the offices so Matt Patricia could do that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because the the main reason that. Like there's this Mac. Jones what if he's like a genius? Stuff. What if he's like a really good interior designer? Well, he is. <laughs> so that's the thing about Matt. Matt Patricia is actually like a real life, like 160 IQ genius. That is a re- that's a real at interior thing. design. At everything, at everything, he's like a he's not like a, offense. An actual, not offense, of course. Not offense, though. Not football not, coaching, yeah, though. That's the one thing. That's not. This is. I mean, okay. To be fair, I heard this from Rudman, and Rudman. He might not be. He might not be a hundred percent unbiased when it comes no, to the New England no, Patriots. No, no, I am one hundred percent believing every word of what Rudman said. It is a <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am well, the contracting thing is true. true. The contracting that is on the record, right? That's, that's in, real. That's in, you can that, find that. That's real. You can find. You can that, find yeah. yeah, that's real. Uh, what about what about the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans and the famous words of David Kitchen? We just don't know. Like if Bryce Young, if if Bryce Young and because it's 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 like you cannot tell yourself a story about the Buccaneers offense improving with these quarterbacks. You can't really tell yourself a story about Will Levis, or at least I can't. You can't really tell I yourself a Bucks story. Are, what's wrong with the Bucs? They're not going to improve, but they can still be a very viable offense. They shouldn't be bottom five. I don't they think anyone – Or they threw more passes last year than like any team ever. Like, yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. That's this, a Tom Brady stat. It obviously right? is, but yeah, why are they bottom seasons, five? Right? The team that did that last year is bottom five. Like, what if they're just middle of the pack and pass volume and they have good receivers? Like, what's wrong with that? So, I, I, I like Godwin and Evans, but after that, I don't know. Kate, Kate Otten in the 18th, that seems fine to me too, but Sam's in. Yeah. I was touting they, they were – I'm was, mostly give me some Washington Husky stats. Too. Get out of here, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm with you, Davis, on Carolina and Houston, mostly because, like, okay, we've seen we've seen Baker. I think we can, okay, maybe Baker's fine. Like, I guess you can tell a story where Baker's like a league average quarterback this year. Sure, maybe Tampa Bay's undervalued, but like, couldn't Stroud and Bryce Young be like really good passers? Like, it's it's not likely. It's not the base case scenario, but like, number one and number two overall picks. Like, I get their offensive weapons are are pretty bad, but like. These guys could just be really good, right? And I'm I I've been buying a lot we, of that. We just don't know, Sam. Yeah, we just we, just don't, we just don't know, right? Put it on a throw pillow. We just don't know. <laughs> I I with with Houston specifically, I'm buying it because I think Stroud might run a little bit. Bryce Young, I don't think he's gonna run at all. I think the first time an NFL linebacker hits him, I'm worried 
that like I'm hoping that Carolina has really he's good gonna run there. around. He's gonna yes. run around. He is gonna run around. I don't think he's gonna run forward for yards. Right. But I think either. Stroud might. I think Stroud could run. I think Stroud could do a Joe Burrow. 400 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns. Can we can we just a quick tangent uh two hours and seven minutes into the show? Um <laughs> <Quit. laughs> there's you know it's it's a very exclusive tree that David Kitchen has in terms of uh you know and I've tried to get in the tree. It's you can't you can't he won't let anyone in the tree. It's very exclusive uh in terms of the tree of, of uh, which analysts have come from David Kitchen. Sure. But in terms of the, the lexicon that we now use in the fantasy landscape, uh the underrated tree, David Kitchen here with live a little and we just don't know. We just don't uh, know. We just don't know being we, the, the phrases of each summer of the last two years. I mean, we, we just don't know is so good because it's actually, it's even less, it has less effort behind it than live a little, like at least there's a <laughs> message in live a little, you know, like live a little is like, well, if you want to think about it from a game theory sense, you can be like, well, if all these other nerds are drafting off of ADP, maybe there is some marginal edge and just like taking huge stances, but we just don't know is, no effort. It's it's, it's, just, it's, it's fantasy nihilism. It's just fantasy it nihilism. It's just it's just like I'm gonna click this button because we just don't know. There's no, <laughs> there's no literally, when you first said that I hadn't heard it yet, but I started laughing because I was like, what's the point of doing content? Why the like literally the point of anything? We're doing we're doing this draft with David, and he just keeps saying we just don't know. It's like it's like well, okay, well sure, you're right. We don't we're you know two hours and eight minutes into this program. I don't know if Tutu Atwell is going to be able to high point a ball in Week 17 against the Giants, but I hope he can. But it, it's if if I'm just saying I don't know, then there's if something OTAs to talk are about. Any indication he's going to nail it? <laughs> uh okay all right, all right let's 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 move home. on let's get another slide yeah take us yeah we we need, we need I, some you, direction am, I, am i the host now am i the host yeah you're the host run, yes run, yeah, 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 take yeah. <laughs> all right let, let's skip that uh I'll, let's just talk through this quickly uh, there's nothing that's changed but like it's, it's the same i think that the one interesting here thing here to point out actually is the quarterback adps are like slowly and obviously i assume you guys have talked about this but they're slowly creeping back towards 2022 ADPs. Now there's still this chart here showing average of quarterback ones. They're going around pick 60. Now, if you just take the top 12 quarterbacks on average last year, that was closer to 65. So there still is a gap compared to last year. The elite quarterbacks still are more expensive, but it's slowly kind of approaching what we saw last year, which, which I think is interesting. I don't think it'll get all the way there, but um, I think if if you took the approach of like, hey, I'm gonna like fade elite quarterback early in the offseason and wait for them to get cheaper, I think there's some truth to that actually happening. Yeah, um, I think you're I think yeah. you're gonna get there on that. Yeah. But I don't know. Unless you guys have something else to talk through here, I think uh let's just do the the best values and wrap All this right. thing up. Let's do it. Oh my god. How can we even how can we even get we talked so much good information in the show? How can we even get to the best value? Yeah. There's so many values. Anybody want to kick things off? I'll go um, with the gross one. I'll go with okay. the gross one because I think I'm not even sure that I can. I'm gonna have to like negotiate with you about starting ADP because I would like starting starting ADP of around 500 uh, for this one since he's not like <laughs> never selected. But uh, I did a pod with yeah. You will, that that's my negotiating point. I'll, I'm willing to come down, but. Uh, <laughs> The I did a pod with Davis and he pointed out uh, a little little thing we'd memory hold 
is that Kyron Williams was talked yep. up as a co-starter with Cam Akers to begin last year. Then he got hurt. He had, he had a high ankle sprain, um, was not good. And we were like, we then they drafted Zach Evans. It was like, it's safe to forget about this guy forever. There are reports that they're splitting. He is splitting reps with the ones with Cam Akers right now and OTAs. Mm-hmm. And this is not a he's a co-starter with Cam Akers take. It's a we may be getting ahead of ourselves with who the number two is on the Rams. They seem to really like Kyron Williams. Yeah. And it's like they, he they might like be a the clear number two. Players. He's not good. Well, he might not be good. Yeah, but, but is, is Cam Akers good? Is is Samaji Pirine good? Is if you get a clear number two? Okay, NFL athlete. He's not Cam Akers and Samaji Pirine are better athletes, right? Kyron. Yeah, Kyron's a ter- Kyron's a terrible athlete. He's an absolutely yeah. terrible athlete. Yeah, but he was productive. Is he an NFL athlete is, is the point I'm trying to make. I he just was, got yeah, an F- I just got player. an FYI. It's your pick notification, Gretch. Just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm anyway, a show. I said it's gross, but it's a play that we get closing line value based on news. It's, that we just hear the drumbeat of he's the number two. He's the number yeah, two. And fair. if he's the number two, he's going to be drafted much, more like the 15th or 16th round. But are you Very actually taking him now, Pat, because of the risk of dead roster spot? Like, are you advocating for taking him now? Or are you just saying you think? I'm saying put him on your radar. I've taken him. Okay. I think I've taken him once uh, just to get a little fun where a team that I was like, I need a sixth or seventh running back. And I just wanted I've a taken little him. more. And I've so taken, saying, I think on draft when, teams, when you started okay with the 500 ADP, you were saying no one had ever taken him and you've taken him once. So he's now, I've taken him once on time. underdog and once on DraftKings. And I think, I think he's, I think he's I think a it's really okay. good pick on DraftKings. Yeah. Cause you can, like you it. could, cause you get to that point in the 20th round and you're like, I just need to be taking guys who don't get drafted every single time. I just, right. I feel like there's a lot of running backs. I would rather do that with. Than uh, have I used, uh, Greg Dorch in this exercise already, Sam? I don't Ooh. think so. I, I think you've used Tutu, but I don't think you've yeah, used Dorch. I did, I did use Tutu, and I'm going to be right about that. People are going to people are going to recognize once that high point clip really starts going viral. Um, it's definitely going to go viral. It's such a good yeah, was his so high point at, like, what, five feet, eight inches tall? His, his high yes, point? he's his barely high, above his, the defender. His high point got ahead of the defender. It is actually yeah. a high point. Um. I I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Dorch. I mean I just think I just think uh, it's a, one it's a pretty good summary of the show. But two it's like you just you just see it right. You the the Cardinals are are just an absolute train wreck. Dorch is like the only active guy every single week. It just it's it's all it's all laid out right there. Maybe he's I'll a, become a Michael Wilson bro. Maybe, but right now I'm a Dorch bro. He's really similar to the. The pick I tried to make earlier with uh, the last time I was on with Ty Chandler and um, because yes. of the idea that like Cook's going to Cook's going to be cut. Madison's already rising, but the cheaper version, like the, who's going to be the backup at that point, isn't rising. But we just saw Rondell Moore is like one of the highest. Yeah, we've got we've got Rondell. We've got Rondell up by a billion. But yeah, we, those but guys are rising, like, but there's like flop leg on the late the flyers. The, those guys yep. haven't come up a few rounds yet. I, I like I'm I'm going to demand that that. Davis put a little respect on Rondell Moore's name after he touted Tutu Atwell and Greg Dorch, who is also five seven. <laughs> my thing, my thing this offseason. My thing this offseason is just every short dude, right? Deuce, Deuce, except Rondell uh, Moore. Except Rondell no, Moore. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna relent. I'm gonna recant. I'm gonna recant. We're in, we're right. in on Rondell. All right. Rondell Moore's, 
he's the one short dude who's actually a beast, like a, a super good athlete, four three speed, squats six. I've pounds. come around on Rondale. If you actually look at, and I think either Marquise or Hopkins was out for like all of these games, but if you look at his snap rates last year, he was playing like a lot of like he, he I had played, to take the like, oh, a, he's he not going to play outside. Snaps. He was playing a lot of outdoor snaps, so I I I've come around on the upside of Rondale. Now he played a billion snaps. But are we concerned that Greg Dorch has been more effective per target in his career as like an undrafted free agent who's like Tyler can't see Rondell more? They're both too short, but he's gonna have a tall quarterback. Yeah, Dorch now. is the same deal. Dorch is smaller. Who is their quarterback? Is this isn't Colt McCoy coming back from an no, injury? No, dude, they're gonna they're gonna start Clayton dude, dude. I'm telling you, it's gonna you, be like Carson. I'm, it's gonna be Carson Wentz. Oh, Come on. oh it is gonna be Carson Wentz. I, it's I, gonna be Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take. Um, well, I mean, I, I I'm, I'm between two. The Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki thing is an easy one, but that's probably too obvious. So I'm gonna take Cordero Patterson because I'm gonna be talking about how Cordero Patterson is gonna be their wide receiver two this year for the next like few weeks. Oh. That dude, it's an easy pick in the 18th round. He should be going at least two rounds higher. <laughs> <laughs> at least. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, who else are they going to – I mean, seriously, though, he's at least going to play a lot of slot wide receiver, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they've always viewed else? him as a weapon. He's, I mean, back the year he broke out, I was writing about signals and something I was proud about that year because a lot of people who were just looking at his, like, snap rates and stuff, when he started to have his first good games, were like, he's, his role isn't justifying the scoring. I was like, dude, they're seeing him as one of their basically two weapons. Kyle Pitts was rookie year was the other one. Like Mike Davis isn't that guy. Like they just see him as a weapon. They're gonna use him in certain packages. They're gonna use, they're gonna use him as much as they can use him. But they see him as somebody who's versatile. They were splitting him out wide. They were using him on post patterns. He got like air yards. He got screen passes. He got rush attempts. He's not gonna be a, like a heavily used running back when Bijan and, and Algier are both there. But they will give him some carries. I think. I think he's gonna get more carries than people realize. It's a little bit annoying, honestly, for the ceiling for Bijan and Algier, in my opinion, I'm a little concerned because he's going to get like six carries a game, probably Patterson, and then probably run routes outside, like more than people realize. Like I honestly think there's a spike week for zero RB teams, especially like, I think he's such an easy 18th round pick. We Pat, we've talked about this. Some of the drafts we've done, like who are the running backs you want to take back there? I've talked up the Minnesota Vikings running backs. Patterson's the one that when I was doing some fast drafts, I just loved adding him at the very end. I just think, like, if for my sixth running back, it makes a lot of sense. He will be, yeah. I mean, he's he's such a good kick returner. He's, I think, probably unlikely to be cut, even though he's old. Yeah. Beautiful. I'll give mine quickly. Um, I don't think anyone's taking this on the show yet. I could be wrong, but I do not understand why Matt Stafford's ADP is still 160 overall. Corrine, Corrine took Stafford once, I think. I'm not sure if I did or not. But we're, all, like people we're, take... we're all in agreement, though. We all like Stafford. If, if, yeah. if you've already taken him, this won't count towards the game. But let me let me just give the pitch anyways. Um, yeah. He's going at 160 overall behind Kyler Murray, who's going to, what, miss half the season. Behind Jordan Love for God knows what reason. Behind okay. Derek Carr. Like, I mean – What's the difference between Matt Stafford and like Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers? That's honestly veteran quarterbacks, pocket passers. Those guys are going 40 picks higher. And I think probably has a bigger weekly ceiling than Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I mean, look, two years ago, Stafford 
threw for nearly 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns. Like, I think people are just completely ignoring that. And I think, you know, some of the reason he was so depressed early on was this retirement risk. He's practicing fully at OTAs now. Like, guys, he's the retirement risk is like dead for him at this point. So I, I, think, I think that's a that great was, point, though, because that's what happens with like a boring player. His ADP gets set in stone for something stupid like that. Like he might retire or not necessarily stupid in February, but it never adjusts when he never recovers. No yeah. Because yeah, he's not yeah. exciting, so he's never going to rocket up boards. Right. Yeah. But he's just and, mispriced. Yeah. He's just a good pick. Yeah. He's mispriced. And I, I think the fact that, like, Cup is really the only guy that's exciting to stack him with means his ADP is probably going to stay depressed for a while. But, like, man, when, I, when I'm, like, boxed out at quarterback, the Stafford, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, you know, throw 2-2 at the end there if you're a Davis, um, that's, like, a really fun oh, backdoor man. stack um, that I think can pay off. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, Wait, who did you say to stack him with? Did I not two, hear two. Van Jefferson? I said no. I said Van. I said uh, Van. I thought you. I yeah. thought you were on my team and didn't even mention Van because that would have been great. But I missed it. My bad. Yeah. No reason who? to mention Van. <laughs> Thank you, Davis. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I gotta yeah, just I gotta... take Kenny Galladay, his wide receiver too. Oh God. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> When I was on the airplane it. last week's show and you were touting Kenny Galladay and there was nothing I could do to stop it, that was that was a low point for me. Kenny Galladay <laughs> revenge game yeah, against the Giants. <laughs> True, week 17. Um, Awful. Let's close this down. Uh, anyone anyone have anything they want to uh, uh, share for what's coming up this week? Uh, I think, I, you know, if you're listening to the show, you're two hours, 20 minutes in. Look, if you made it two hours and 20 minutes in and you don't know where to find us on Twitter, then honestly, God help you. Yeah. I, I will. Uh, <laughs> I, I, had an, I had an announcement today on Legendary Upside that I just added DraftKings best ball rankings. So if you want to use the the rankings over on DraftKings, you can now do that. Uh, LegendaryUpside.com. Go download them, upload them, all that good stuff. Can't wait. Love it. We will see you guys next week. <laughs>